Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. I'm Kevin Wired. Well, that's right. You heard the man. It is that time of week. My name is Bernie Friday. We are coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Absolute jam-packed show tonight. We have a full NFL slate to tackle there are some pivotal games Sunday. You know, there's an old saying in the NFL, they always remember what you did in December. We'll dive into Zach Wilson's comments. Would you believe it? A former employee tried to steal $22 million from their team. True story. We'll tell you all about it. Plus, plus, we actually had a tournament champion winner tonight and another clunky speech where this guy gets to get up and tell the world how great he is. By the way, what's interesting is, uh, you know, uh, the winners tonight got 500 grand per player, but this one particular player, he makes 573,000 per game. And if you don't believe the Lakers really wanted to win this tournament so badly, well, consider this. They were 7-0 in tournament games. In all other games they've played this season in the NBA, they're 8-9. In the tournament games, they average 122 points per game. In all other games this season, this team averaged 109. In the tournament, their point-per-game differential was plus 19. All other games, minus 6. You get three guesses as to who the team is. 
and the first two don't count. We're going to get to that in about 15 minutes. But we also have a winner. We have a winner in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Now, you know, when the Guggenheim Group bought the Dodgers back in 2012, I always characterize it as a vanity buy. But I say that in the most complimentary way. These folks are business people. They're dignified business people. And in winning the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, they not only got the most transcendent athlete in 100 years, they got a unicorn, an international icon on and off the field. This is a guy, a player, a human being, who has literally cast a spell over an entire nation, Japan. They follow his every move. Frankly, this is an incredible investment by the Dodgers. They're not only getting a legend who will help the Dodgers win on the field, will they help him win a World Series? I don't know. Frankly, I think the odds might be against it. But Otani will help them to continue on the field, but off the field as well. Another vanity buy? Yes. But again, I see that in the most respectful way. And I got to tell you, I thought... I I never believed he was going to the Blue Jays. If it would have happened, I would have said, fine, tell me why that happened. Because everybody I talked to said he loved Southern California. And up until three days ago, uh, it, it would gun to my head, I thought he'd stay with the Angels. Well, but he has 700 million reasons to go 50 miles north up the 5 freeway. Two reasons. Ge- geography, that was already assumed. But the Dodgers have also been with the playoffs 11 years in a row. The question is, can they get over the hump? He's going to DH next year. You know, J.D. Martinez wasn't that bad last year. 33 home runs, drove in 100. Otani's not going to pitch. He had 44 home runs. We'll see what happens. But let's not bury the lead. Otani's $700 million deal blows everybody out of the water. Prior to that, the biggest baseball deal on record was his ex-teammate, Mike Trout. That was 12 years, 426, four years ago. And you remember the Dodgers paid Mookie Betts 365 on a 12-year deal, and all of a sudden that Aaron Judge deal 360 looks small. Manny Machado 350, Francisco Lindor 341, Fernando Tatis 340, Bryce Harper 330. Remember that? They're all part of the conversation. There's only been 12 players in Major League history that have signed for at least 300 million. A lot of them were extensions. Question is, will this raised the tide for Juan Soto, who will be a free agent next year? I don't I don't know. It's hard to imagine anything will ever top what Otani got. And I know I've been saying that since 1979 when Nolan Ryan was the first player to get a million a year. But here's the thing. Shohei Otani, by far, is the most marketable player in Major League Baseball. He netted $40 million in endorsements in 2023, according to Sportico. The next highest was Mike Trout. He earned $5 million. Now, it's impossible to quantify exactly how much he's going to be worth to the Dodgers. But most Major League Baseball evaluators say this contract should actually pay for itself within seven years because he's a money factory, even just advertising alone. He's got every eyeball from Japan. He's like Michael Jordan to Japan. He's like Taylor Swift. Otani's presence instantly makes the Dodgers even more internationally relevant and wouldn't you know it they open up in Seoul Korea next year every game the Dodgers play next year will be broadcast live in Japan and Japanese advertising makes up a significant portion 
or made up a significant portion of the Angel Stadium signage in these past few years. His jersey, Otani's jersey, is the most popular in the game already. Now he's got a new jersey. How do you think that's going to work out? And fans, they travel halfway around the world to see him. Simply put, you can call the risk of this expensive contract a risk, but it's, it's going to be minimized by a guaranteed revenue stream that exists simply by having Shohei Otani on the roster. The question is, can he play like a $700 million player throughout the duration of his 10-year deal? One scout, there's been nobody I've talked to connected with Major League Baseball that doesn't think he's worth it, and I think he's worth it. One scout told The Athletic he wouldn't have hesitated till the contract reached $800 million. So it's clear. Nobody seems to be that concerned about his recent elbow surgery as an impediment to Otani's earning power. So even if you're only a good baseball player for five or six, six years, he will have paid for himself. The question is, will he get the Dodgers to a coveted World Series championship? That's what they want. But give it up to the Guggenheim family. They did it again. This is an amazing, an amazing event. Now, the expectation is still remaining that Otani will return to the mound at some point. His, his agent made it clear that is fully Otani's intention. You know, there have been other players that have had two-time ligament repairs, but Nathan Iovalli seemed to come through it. Jamison Talon seemed to come through it. Walker Bueller, he's on track to return from his second Tommy John surgery this coming April. So I have to believe that Otani, being the freak he is, is going to overcome this. Now, his longevity could be a long-term issue. We don't know. But, and I don't think he'll do it in 2024, but remember when Otani played for the Nippon Ham Fighters, he also played right field. He pitched, hit, and played right field. When Otani steps on the baseball diamond, but for, for, the guy's huge. He's the fastest guy, maybe the fastest guy in the league. He's got maybe the best arm in the league. He throws 100 miles an hour, hits for power, steals bases, and drives and runs. Other than that, what's the big deal? Let's pretend he's just an average outfielder. With what he hits as an average outfielder, could he be worth $50 million? I don't know. But even if he never pitched again, he's a $30, $40 million ball player, but that doesn't count what I just told you about the money machine he represents given his international fame. So there you have it. Three words I have for the Guggenheim group who did it again. Pretty good investment. Coming up, were you in Las Vegas tonight at the T-Mobile Arena? Oh boy, you missed a beauty. We'll tell you all about it. Tonight's show is brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously. So you turn, check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I'm Bernie Frado. We are coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hi, right, we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Just getting started. And I'll remind everybody, hey, football fans, be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning, beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific for Countdown to Kickoff, presented by Ben MGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, my good buddy. Professional better Bill Krakenberger will have you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM right here, Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. By the way, you normally hear Steve Fezzik at this time in the Fezzik Five. He will be with us. He had an obligation tonight. You're going to hear him at 12.30 a.m. Pacific, 3.30 a.m. Eastern. We will do the Fezzik Five. We didn't forget. Lots of stuff to get to tonight. We're just getting started. Now, if I had a nickel for every time I got to hear LeBron give one of his long-winded, run-on, self-serving speeches about we're the first, we're the greatest, I'm the best, yes, I know I'm the best, I'm the greatest, don't forget, don't, you know, I'd have a, a, my own private jet with 24-hour access. Hell, Elon Musk would be mowing my lawn. But to the victors go the spoils. And the Lakers 
not only won the first ever NBA in-season tournament, LeBron was actually named the first MVP. And believe me, he'll remind all of us three, four times before breakfast every day. But to the victors go this Wolves. And again, if you didn't think the Lakers set out to win this damn thing, then you tell me why this happened. They have played 23 games this year. But in not in non-tournament games, they're 8-9. In tournament games, they're 7-0. In non-tournament games, they averaged about 109 points per game. In tournament games, they averaged 122 points per game. In, in non-tournament games, the Lakers averaged uh, a point differential of minus 6. But in tournament games, their point differential was plus 19, and they won by 14 tonight. And it was a fairly hard-fought victory, although, look, they were never in danger. The Lakers led for nearly the entire game. But the Pacers are a scrappy little bunch. I'll be curious to see how they do come April. I think the Lakers are going to win a round or two. Uh, I, I do not believe they're getting by Denver, okay? And they may not even get by some of the other teams. We'll see. we got a long way to go to the victors go to the spoils. They might, you know, I guess they're not going to raise a banner. They might as well. I don't know. <laughs> what the hell, right? The Pacers kind of hung around tonight. They even got the deficit down to three, 102-99 in the fourth quarter. But once again, the Lakers stepped on the gas, and they went on a 13-0 run, put the game away. Next thing you know, it's 115-99. And the Lakers are your NBA in-season tournament champions. Maybe instead of a movie called Meet the Fockers, they could have a movie called Meet the Lakers because this is, this is huge, man. All right, some takeaways. The Lakers proved they can play some bully ball. Coming into the game, obviously, you know, they say styles make fights. This, this game was very much a contrast in styles. The Pacers, they're a finesse team. They shoot threes. They play fast. They get up and down the court. Can't really say they de- defend a whole lot real well. The Lakers are the opposite. They want to play physical basketball. They want to dominate the paint. They don't want to take many threes. And by the way, they missed a bunch of threes tonight. And it became clear very quickly the Lakers would be the team that would dictate the terms of engagement. This was a bully ball game. The Lakers dominated it. Just look at the points in the paint. The Lakers had 86 points in the paint. The Pacers had 44 the rebounding margin was almost as big. Lakers had 55 rebounds. That's desire, man. Indiana, 32 rebounds. Their only reliable big man, Miles Turner, who had a good tournament up to this point, fouled out in the fourth quarter. And oh, by the way, he was only 3 of 11 from the floor. Didn't block a single shot against the Lakers on Saturday night. Not every opponent is going to be as stylistically defined as the Pacers. Playoff opponents, they will adjust to the Lakers' size. Mark my words. And th- th- there was a novelty about this tournament. Now, at the bottom of the hour, we're, we're going to talk about whether you liked it or not, whether you cared about it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, and I'm cool with that. This isn't for everybody, man. Not everybody likes olives. Hell, I'm Italian. I don't even like olives. But I go to the grocery store and I see rows and rows of cans of olives, so somebody likes them. The numbers show that Adam Silver's experiment worked. I will, I will, I will uh, lay that out for you at the bottom of the hour. 
But if anything became clear in Saturday's game, the Lakers proved they're pretty substantial when it comes to winning a bully ball game. Remember, Milwaukee, Giannis, Joel Embiid, they both played Indiana in this tournament. So did Boston. None of those teams actually dominated inside as thoroughly as Anthony Davis did on Saturday night. Just a mental note to make. But could the Lakers do that four times over a 10-day, two-week period in April when there's a lot more mileage on these guys? We'll see. Listen, I don't root against the Lakers. Look, I was an intern at the Forum. I was there during the greatest era, I believe, the Magic era. All due respect to the Kobe era, the Wilt era. There was nothing quite like the Showtime era. That lit the fuse when Dr. Buss bought the team. What did the Lakers do Saturday night? They took Tyrese Halliburton out of the game. You know, I think Darvin Ham could coach. And I remember I, I covered the 04 Pistons uh, when they, they won the NBA championship and beat the Lakers in five. Darvin Hamlin was, was, a, was a role player, a bench player on that team. Tough, strong defender. And uh, the, the Lakers decided... You know, they had watched, they scouted, obviously. They watched Tyrese Halliburton knock out the Celtics and the Bucks. He was he was balling out. So the Lakers decided, not up in here. Not up in here. He ain't doing that to us. And even though Halliburton finished with 20 points, he had 11 assists, 8 of 14 from the field, he didn't really have a great impact on the game. Not the kind he had earlier in the tournament. The Lakers drew a line in the sand. They said, you're not going to beat us. And he didn't. How? The Lakers used a very aggressive approach. There's one thing the Lakers have. They have multiple athletic defenders who have length. And they bothered Halliburton all night. And so that forced him to give up the ball earlier than he would have preferred. And Hal Halliburton's more than a willing passer. He's not a he's not a ball hog, but he likes to get downhill, draw the defense before dishing it off to a big man or kicking out the shooters. Instead, he had to give it up early. They picked him up early, which meant the other Pacers were turned into decision makers, and that made the Lakers win. Now, this was only one game with higher stakes than usual, and the Lakers have shown, even in last year's playoffs, they have some unique defensive personnel. But it'll be interesting if other teams were scouting this game. Hell, maybe Connor Stallions was there. I thought that might be worth a rim shot. Never mind. Trying to replicate. We'll see if other teams try to replicate the defensive scheme that, that the Lakers used against Halliburton tonight because it was highly effective. Tip of the cap to the Lakers. The, they, the, the, Laker, the Pacers looked very uncomfortable. They didn't look like the usual selves. And when you don't have your star point guard orchestrating everything, it, it, it was clear right away the Lakers were going to take control of this game. Halliburton wasn't going to beat them. End of story. They cut off the head of the snake. Isaiah Thomas told me once he believed that the point guard was the most important position in all sports because one man in the ball with his hands, with a ball in his hands, could dictate the movements of, of nine other players. So the in-season tournament, the one thing it did do was kind of give teams a rare opportunity to play sort of a playoff-style basketball in December. Obviously, plenty can change between now and the spring, but it's always worthwhile to see a coach who trusts in big games. Darvin Ham kind of gave us a glimpse of his thought process there, and based on preseason expectations, I think Darvin Ham showed us something, okay? LeBron James, Anthony Davis, 
Austin Reeves, they're the big game closers. D'Angelo Russell, given his stature, given his contract status, he's always going to land one of those closing slots as well. But the fifth player, interestingly enough, is Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish played 33 big minutes in the tournament final Saturday night, had a team-best plus-24 point differential. Reddish has had a very strong year for the Lakers so far. Now, it's only only 23 games in. We're a quarter of the way, a little more than a quarter of the way. Defense does win championships, and defense travels. What's my point? I think Cam Reddish has been the best point-of-attack defender for the Lakers, and his offense... He's a little hit or miss. He's still a very good all-around player. Cannot be overstated. But this is a player who couldn't even get into the rotation for the Knicks. Now he's doing all the little things for a team that wants to build itself as a bona fide contender. We'll see. And you know what? I give it up to the Lakers front office. They've had more, more than a little success with a handful of players with minimum salary free agents in recent years. And Reddish appears to be the latest, you know, score for the Lakers. Top credit. Just call him as I see him. Now, final word for the Pacers bench, all right? Tyrese Halliburton, prior to the in-season tournament, wasn't talked about nearly as much as this week as you got into the semifinals. So when you look at the Pacers bench of T.J. McConnell, Aaron Nesmith, Isaiah Jackson, they were even well, uh, less well-known than Tyrese Halliburton. But I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. All right? McConnell put up a back... He, he was a backup point guard clinic. He, he, he had steals. He had offensive rebounds. He put some moves in the paint. Nesmith hit some big shots on the stretch against Boston. He guarded Giannis. He guarded LeBron in consecutive games. Meanwhile, Isaiah Jackson, he very much held his own against a bunch of big men like Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Anthony Davis. In the end, it'll be fun to watch. The East is going to be a bloodbath. you got Boston. you got Philadelphia. I think you put Indiana in the mix. Miami's always going to hang around. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch. It actually will be. I, 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 think, I, I, think, I think Adam Silver's experiment has worked. Coming up, what do the numbers say? I'll tell you what the numbers say. And the numbers tell us, whether you liked it or not, whether you're a fan, whether you watched it, whether you even care, it appears the the, uh, in-season tournament has been a big success. We'll talk about that coming up. For first, let's go to our guy, the chef, Kevin Wyatt, with the latest. Yes, it's a great day to be a Dodger fan, Bernie. And that's because superstar global sensation Shohei Otani going to the Dodgers for an estimated 10-year, $700 million contract. Now, that does include a bunch of deferred money that will be paid uh, well into the future. So, that will allow the team more financial flexibility to build a contender. And that was something that was important to Shohei. Shohei Otani reportedly. The Dodgers do open next season with a couple of games in South Korea against the Padres in March, so he's going to have a chance to showcase his talents internationally almost immediately with his new team. 
In the NBA in-season tournament in Las Vegas, the Lakers with a 123-109 win over the Pacers. They win the first ever NBA Cup as Anthony Davis, a monster game, 41 points and 20 rebounds. LeBron James named the in-season tournament MVP. In college football, the Heisman Trophy winner of 2023, LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels had a great season, 40 touchdown passes, four interceptions, also ran for over 1,100 yards and had 10 rushing touchdowns. In the Army-Navy game, it's Army getting a late stop near the goal line. They beat the midshipmen 17-11 over in Foxborough. Oregon getting transfer quarterback Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. He's got one year of eligibility left. Some injury updates. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper clearing concussion protocol. The Rams have elevated former Packers kicker Mason Crosby from their practice squad, indicating that he very well could be the kicker for Los Angeles on Sunday. Green Bay wide receiver Christian Watson with a hamstring issue. He will not play Monday night against the Giants. Steelers linebacker TJ Watt placed in concussion protocol. College hoops. Top-ranked Arizona, a dominating 98-73 win against number 23 Wisconsin. Second-ranked Kansas over Missouri, 73-64. Number four, Purdue goes to Toronto and beats Alabama 92-86. St. Mary, 64-61 winners in the upset against number 13 Colorado State. Number 14, B BYU taken down by their heated rival Utah, 71-69. to Number 17, Tennessee over number 20, Illinois, 86-79. And Villanova takes down UCLA, 65-56. Back to you, Bernie. All right, uh, let's dig into this. Uh, and uh, my man VJ, he and I agree. I We don't really much care about this tournament. I paid attention because I want to talk about it on the radio and I want to be informed. I want to try to be a keen observer. Uh, but it didn't move me. Uh, but but that doesn't mean that I can't maintain my objectivity with respect to what, what really happened here. Okay, Before we get all subjective, before we dig up all the grievances and disapprovals of this tournament and its inaugural attempt, and before we address the future of these goofy, colored, non-red, rion court, but, but, but I can't even speak English, neon red courts or the color combinations, I hope you folks were sober when you stared at these courts. I, I really think you could get brain damage if you were if you were involved in the wrong chemicals while watching these games. And then you could argue over you know alternatives to the tiebreakers, point differentials, all the stuff. Let's state the obvious. It, it is obvious. The in-season tournament, on an objective, from an objective objective viewpoint, was was an unqualified success. Even before the final Saturday night, I haven't seen the numbers. Look at these other numbers. Again, everything is relative. Okay, local viewership for group play games was up 20% from games played November 2022. Nationally televised games shot up. 26% over games played in November 2022. League pass viewership for the seven group play nights increased by 25%. And the average attendance, this is a big number. The league's average attendance for playoff games, 18,206. That's the highest for November in the history of the NBA. Now, in this era and age of apps and social channels and things of that nature, the NBA had their best first month of the season in history. 3.9 billion 
video views. Billion. You know what a, you know how big a billion is? If you start counting to a million one second at a time, take it twelve days. If you start counting to a billion one second at a time, that twelve days jumps to thirty-three years. Three point nine billion views. You can't argue with those numbers. Now you really can't compare the viewership to other events. You know, the World Series, March Madness, whatever. Let it stand on its own because the truth of the matter is this is what the NBA was looking for. Growth, making these November games matter and make them watchable. They were looking for energy. They were looking for excitement. They were looking for a reason that the fan base could care and pay attention to the first 20 games of the 82-game season. Because, let's face it, the de facto opening night for the NBA is Christmas. And now the NBA is, poaching, is poaching upon that. But the NBA got their energy. I think they got their excitement, right? And whether it's winning the NBA Cup or collecting the $500,000 prize that comes with it, players were invested. I talked about LeBron. LeBron makes $47 million a year. That's $573,000 per game. Win, lose, draw, or sit in the stands and drink wine and look cool with a goofy look on your face and sunglasses. Like, just so nobody will know you're there, you know, but you want everybody to see you're there. You're making five hundred seventy-three grand. Now, they made five hundred grand for winning tonight. And to some of the guys at the end of the roster, that, that's, a nice, that's a nice little paycheck, okay? But LeBron didn't do this for the money. He wants more bragging rights. Okay, fair enough. To the winners go the spoils. Consider the passion that the Pacers played with as well. If you saw the game Monday against Boston, it looked like an NBA Finals game. I don't think that's, a, that's hyperbole. If you looked at the intensity of the Lakers-Suns on Tuesday night, went down just to the final seconds, there was controversy at the end, the Suns could have easily won that game, but they didn't. What the league did was tackle head-on this lethargy that games under the radar are played with, with this, you know, in-season tournament. And this follows the heels of the end of the season lethargy with the play-in tournament, which LeBron once said whoever came up with that idea should be fired. Well, guess what? The play-in tournament has worked well also. And it's here to stay. And it's effectively opened up four more postseason spots. So the play-in tournament worked, and now the in-season the in tournament has worked. It's done the same thing, and I absolutely believe it's here to stay. As a matter of fact, there's another sport now also looking at a play-in tournament. We may talk about that later in the show, but at some point, I will share with you, Rob Manfred now has laid out the groundwork and the framework for a Major League Baseball in-season tournament. You tell me Adam Silver's experiment hasn't worked? By the way, players like it. LeBron James, he said he noted the competitiveness of the in-season tournament games. It's different. Draymond Green said playoffs had a... Play, or check that. Said the in-season tournament games had a playoff-like intensity. He would know. On TNT, Stan Van Gundy, who's a good dude. I like Stan. He'll never be confused for a company man, though. He will speak his mind. He said, quote, NBA basketball has never been more fun in November and early December. Even Frank Vogel, head coach of the Suns, said, whatever they said, they thought it was going to do from an excitement standpoint. I would say it did that times 100. 
And by the way, one other side note. I thought this was clever. Never saw this coming. We actually saw some fusion and intermingling between TNT and ESPN. Now, there's a lot of pretty talented broadcasting teams doing NBA games. So TNT and ESPN decided to share broadcasters for Thursday semifinals, and I think it led to some really kind of classic, funny, neat little TV moments, including Shaq poking fun at Stephen A. Smith's hairline. And how about Charles Barkley? If he could just get over this shyness, he's going to be all right. He congratulates Bob Myers, the erstwhile general manager, president of the Golden State Warriors, for jumping off the sinking ship in time. you got to love it. Also, the presentation of the games, during the games, Reggie Miller with Doris Burke and Mike Breen, it, it kind of added to the overall uniqueness of the in-season tournament. And uh, by the way, anytime you get Barkley with different people on TV, it's, it's going to work. So whether it's All-Star Weekend, the playoffs, uh, one of the, you know, ancillary takeaways from the in-season tournament has been this combination and usage of, of, of sharing broadcasters from different networks. And I, and I think it worked. I really do think it worked. We'll talk more about this with Mark Medina, Medina Midnight Magic at the uh, Medina Magic at, at midnight. Uh, but I think I've made my point. Whether you agree with it or not, I, I, I'm just reporting what has taken place. And I, I think uh, if there was any question as to whether or not this worked, well, I think it did. I do, and the numbers, the numbers bear it out that more people paid attention a lot more this year versus last year. Coming up, let's take a look at some of the top tips and a few betting nuggets on this weekend's NFL card. We'll dip our toe in the Week 14 NFL waters. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Hi, right, we're back on the Bernie Frato Show. Fox Sports Radio coming to you live from the Las Vegas Tyrac.com studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Coming up top of the hour, midnight, Medina Magic. Lots of stuff happening in the NBA. And uh, again, 12.30, Steve Fezzik will join us for the Fezzik Five. We will dive heavily into week 14 in the NFL. Obviously, you get into December-ish, starts to get very real. We always remember what you did in December. Lots of key matchups this weekend. And we've even got a double header on uh, Sunday night. I'll be at the Raiders game. We've got a credential for the Raiders-Vikings. Sunday, Raiders are a three-point home underdog. Tonight's show is brought to you by Progressive, Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. How about a little rapid-fire staccato lightning round? Some... Betting nuggets on this week's NFL card. For instance, your Chicago Bears. They are home against the Detroit Lions Sunday. Inclement weather expected. Is that the uh, Captain Obvious? It's December in Chicago. Detroit, hothouse team playing outside. But your Chicago Bears, 1-8 against the spread in their last nine games following a bye week. I look for Justin Fields to resume his Benny Hill routine. Drop back. Oh, what the hell, let me just take off and run. I love Justin Fields as a human being. I love him as a competitor. If he could only operate from the pocket, he would be a major league quarterback. He's 7-32. and 32. I don't think it's going to happen. We'll see what happens Sunday. I think you get an effort out of Chicago. They're pretty tough against the run. But again, 1-8 and eight against the spread their last nine games following a bye week. Meanwhile, Jacksonville, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence. We'll confirm it with Fez. When I saw him go down last Monday night, I'll go, oh, my God. When he slammed his helmet, I thought he might be gone for the year. But they're talking about impossibly playing Sunday. And, oh, by the way, Jacksonville, 8-0 against the spread, their last eight away games. That's the longest in franchise history. Jacksonville is real. New Orleans, all Derek Carr needs is a defense. Remember? And it looks like he's going to play. The good news is Derek Carr passed concussion protocol. The bad news is Derek Carr passed concussion protocol. Him or Jameis, pick your poison, right? Now, you know why Derek Carr was 63 and 79 as a starter for the Raiders. Don't give me any speeches. I don't want to hear them, okay? Stinks in the red zone. Stinks on third down when it matters most. When you need to be great, he's not. Good person, though. New Orleans is 0-5 at home against the spread. This season, they're laying six now against the pesky Carolina Panthers. I'm not going to be involved in that game, but if you had a gun to my head, I would take the points. By the way, one of the reasons I take the points, the New Orleans Saints are the only team in the entire NFL not to cover at home this season. 
do with that what you will. I can't say enough good things about D'Amico Ryans. I cannot say enough good things about C.J. Stroud. That team plays football in all three phases. They have taken on the personality of their field general, D'Amico Ryans. They play sound, assignment sound football. They block. They tackle. They are fun to watch. Houston will be favored, at least six-point favorites, for the first time since week 16 of 2020. They were seven and a half points against the Bengals. They lost the game. Houston will be a favorite Sunday. Baltimore, the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, 18-1 straight up in his past 19 starts against the NFC. Brock Purdy, my guy, will be favored in his 18th straight regular season game to begin his career, breaking a tie with Roger Staubach for the longest streak to begin a career in the NFL era. You Brock Purdy haters. You know you're all going to hell in a scholarship. 4-1 and one versus winning teams, averaging 9.1 yards a pass. 14 touchdowns and one interception. His pass rating is 125.7. And I think I heard a guy on the radio say last night he hasn't won a playoff game. Hello? Hello? Before he got his arm ripped off against Philadelphia and half his shoulder with it and the season of the 49ers, he beat Dak Prescott in the opening round of the playoffs last January and threw for more yards. Dak had his obligatory two interceptions. You tired of me picking on Dak and the Cowboys? Then get to the Super Bowl. Even if you don't win it, just get there. I'm tired of the speeches. And I, and I don't root against Dallas. I don't root against or for anybody. I don't root for him either. I root for the story. It would be a much bigger story if Dallas got to the Super Bowl. Buffalo, 6-0 outright after a bye under Sean McDermott. By the way, the Chargers, Brandon Staley, They've gone under the total in nine of the last ten games. And finally, Dallas is 8-2 and two against the spread as a favorite this season. 25-10 and 10 against the spread as favorites in the past three seasons. You think I'm laying three and a half against Philadelphia? Not this year. Not this lifetime. Coming up, we bring in Mark Medina. Midnight Magic, Medina Magic. Keep it locked right here. You listen to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yep, that's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio, TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There is so much to talk about in the NBA right now, believe it or not. I can only hope we get to it all. But that is why each week at this time, midnight, we just simply say, it's that time. Mark Medina, our Fox Sports Radio NBA guru. Very much finger on the pulse. Mark, let's not bury the lead in perhaps... One of the most important games ever played in the history of the NBA. Even another flu game, which LeBron wants a new debate. A game that won't count in the standings. Your thought on the takeaway from the NBA's first ever in-season champion. Oh, 
Well, hey, look, if we're going to count championships, technically the Lakers have the most championships now over the Boston Celtics. They've never lost in the in-season tournament, the Lakers. That never lost. True. And how about this? LeBron James, he's won in-season tournament. Michael Jordan has it. End of GOAT debate, right? And that's it. Shut it down right now. Uh, although, i got to be fair, I, I don't know if you heard my segment earlier, I think if you look at the metrics honestly and objectively, the the in-season tournament has been a success. Oh, it's been a thousand percent success. Uh, the, the reason why is that we've watched basketball games that are meaningful in early December when normally we'd be paying attention to college football and the NFL. We'd only be talking about the NBA if it's a LeBron-MJ debate or some shenanigans off the court or us criticizing players for sitting out for load management. So they're in the conversation for the right reason, and uh, they've made the regular season more relevant because guys are participating and it's been quality basketball. Yeah, players like it. They've commented on it. If you look at the numbers, local viewership during group play up 20%. National games up 26%. League's average attendance was up. Apps, social channels, you know, over 3 billion video views by every metric. But here's the kicker. What happens next? Is there a thud? Do we go back to the moribund NBA? <laughs> It's a fair question. I don't think it's going to happen right away because we're still in the holiday season. There's going to be excitement before the Christmas Day games. I think specifically with the Lakers, we're not going to see um, a letdown because this had coincided with the fact that they're getting a fully healthy roster with the exception of Dave Vincent. So they final, they think, finally, we have guys we can start ironing out our real rotations. But I think the larger point that you're making here, Bernie, is a fair one. And keep your, eye, keep your eyes out on after New Year's, once we hit 2024, what will the quality of basketball look like? Because those are going to be the regular season games that aren't in-season tournament games. And so I do think that that's when we're going to start seeing the negative side of this in-season tournament. But look, I think the positives will still vastly outweigh the negatives because I think that that malaise will only happen for a week or two, and then all of a sudden we we're hearing talk about the All-Star Weekend and guys trying to, uh, you know, uh, put together their final candidacy to get selected here. Um, so I think when you look at it in the whole totality, like with everything in the world, this proposal didn't solve everything, but at least address some of the problems to make it better. I think that's fair, Mark, and I think Adam Silver's experiment worked. But here comes the big butt, Pee-wee, and this is why I'm a doubting Thomas. The Lakers have played 23 games this year. They're 7-0 in tournament games, but they're 8-9 in all the other games, averaging 14 less points per game, the point differential, plus 19 during tournament games, minus 6 during non-tournament games. I don't know that they break that pattern. I just feel that's a portent of things to come. You may be right, though. Let's let's be on it, or let's just keep an open mind. All right, I also want to look – do you have something to say to that? I'm sorry. Well, it's a fair point, but the thing that I would I would stress here is that the Lakers' inconsistency as a whole mostly had to do with the fact that they had 
some key injuries with the rotation players. And I think the comforting thing that Laker fans should know about here is that those guys, with the exception of Gabe Vincent, are back. And number two, it's not like the season when Russell Westbrook was there where it was just a bunch of old guys getting hurt. All these guys have just come back. They're in their 20s. So while we're net, we have to keep our eyes on, obviously, with LeBron James, how does Father Time respond to all this, Anthony Davis, I think that the most of the roster is going to be healthy. Um, so that's an encouraging sign that that poor record that you indicated isn't a sign of things to come later on. Okay, fair enough. Let's look at the other team in Los Angeles, the Clippers. I never miss a shot or a chance to take a shot at James Harden, but let's be fair. The Clippers started 3-7, and seven, now they're 11-10, and 10, and not only have they looked pretty good, but they've beaten the Denvers, the Golden States, the Dallases, the Sacramentos. Could the Clippers, the flashes they've shown, could that consistency continue for the remainder of the season and maybe into the playoffs? It very well can continue. Now, what's that going to result in? I think it results in them making the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to be a contending team, but I think that ever since the starting lineup switch where Russell Westbrook's come off the bench, it solved a lot of problems because it sent the clear message that James Harden is the one running the offense. And I think in fairness to James Harden, his shots come back, he's been playmaking and doing the right thing from a team chemistry standpoint. And as a result, you're seeing Kawhi Leonard get a lot more looks. You're seeing Paul George get a lot more looks. And it clearly, while everyone talked about once this trade happened that everyone has to sacrifice, let's not get it twisted. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are supposed to be the main offensive focal points in terms of shots, and James Harden is supposed to just be the orchestrator of things. Um, and so with that, it's a good formula to have. But one, they obviously have to stay healthy, and you never know with that team. But I think Secondly, even with them being at their best, it's good enough to be a playoff team. It's good enough to get past the first round. But I honestly don't know beyond that because Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Denver, even the Lakers, Sacramento, and Phoenix, I mean, that's seven teams right there. And I think assuming, you know, relatively full health for all those teams, I think they're all better than the Clippers. Yeah, hard to argue with that. All right, let's move on. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the jaw Morant return looks like. I understand uh, Adam Silver will be arranging to have a sit-down with John ja Morant before he officially returns. What can you tell us about that? Well, I think ever since you know the NBA announced that John ja Morant would be serving that 25-game suspension, they made it clear that that doesn't guarantee that he would be coming back after 25 games. There would be certain benchmarks that John Morant would have to hit. Now, the NBA has never outlined what those benchmarks are explicitly, but it doesn't take Einstein to put two and two together that they don't want any more <laughs> IG videos of him flashing guns, nothing else off the court, and that he's uh, being with the team and, and being a positive influence. And Adam Silver, before the preseason or in-season tournament final game today, said that he's been pleased with what he's been hearing so far. When I caught up with the Memphis Grizzlies, when they're in town in L.A., someone like Marcus Smart, who's now having this veteran leadership-type role, he said that John Morant's uh, you know, been around the team, has had a positive influence, um, and has been you know, about the right things. And so, you know, obviously only they will know what's truly going on behind the scenes for four on its worth. Both Adam Silver and the Grizzlies are saying he's on the right track and you know, not gaining any other bad behavior. 
I understand there was a video of him helping old ladies across the street, so maybe that'll help us. Maybe that'll help us cause. We'll see. Look, when it, it's this is all well and good. We'll see what happens when he comes back. And, yeah, and I mean, look, I've been around the game too. Also, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I've been around the game too long, and uh, people don't escape their nature as easily as people would want them to. Yeah, and I think the other thing is uh, how, where they are in the standings. They're six and fifteen. Right. You know, they're thirteenth in the West now. You know, I had talked to Jaron Jackson Jr. and, and Marcus Smart a few weeks ago uh, when they had only had won one game. Uh, they're saying, "Look, it, it will be fine when Jock comes back. It's plus, you know we'll hit off you know really fast." But the point I brought up to them was, "Well, you still have a few weeks left, and that's going to be challenging." Number one, number two. Um, I would think it's going to take some time for him to get fully integrated because, you know, the fact that he's missed so much time. Now, Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies coach, said that he's been doing a lot of conditioning, film work, practice, all that stuff. So maybe that minimizes it. But you still can't replicate a full game. And I think you also have to keep in mind that Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, two key front court players, they're out for the season. Marcus Smart, he's been out for a few weeks. So this team has just been estimated with injuries and I'm skeptical but no doubt you know if you're at the bottom you, you can't go anywhere but up but I don't think it's going to be enough for them to suddenly get back in the playoff picture well I think it's an outstanding opportunity to see what John Moran can do you know I pick on the Lakers a lot and LeBron but they started off terrible last year and they righted the ship and they acquitted themselves quite well you yeah know, so. you know what that's a fair point maybe I'll stand corrected and I think that the bigger point that we're talking about with John Morant and all that I'm not going to be naive to think all of a sudden that you know he's going to serve in the choir here right and uh and all that but I think that I feel relatively confident, you know, for someone that doesn't have a stake in it, but just look at this objectively, that this is the end of just really egregious off-court behavior. Again, that doesn't mean he's suddenly going to, you know, be a saint or anything, but I think at least enough that he's not, you know, getting into trouble with the law and that sort of thing. All right, I want to switch gears. Uh, Obviously, uh, one of the talking points in the NFL has been the inconsistency of referee performance. We're seeing some interesting ref issues in the NBA. Trey Young just got fined $25,000 for confronting a ref, and Jalen Brown just got ejected and called the ref, quote, over-emotional. What can you tell us about those incidents and the overall referee uh, player relationship in the National Basketball Association? You know, it, it's felt like probably since 2017 that the interactions between the officials and the players haven't, haven't been great. And I think that it's coincided with a few things here. Um, there's been a lot of new referees that are still, I don't want to say learning the ropes, like you have to be qualified and knowing the game, but just as far as like knowing some of the finer nuances and, you know, where is that line of having exchanges, even if they're disagreements, but in a respectful way. And I think that there's just this mistrust, especially with the fact that there's social media and, you know, the NBA announces 
when players are fined and, and players feel like that makes them out as examples. Um, and they don't feel like it's the same energy when referees miss a call. Now, there's the two-minute report, but like that doesn't change the outcome. The NBA does announce when fines are rescinded, but it's not as impactful as the initial punishment. But, you know, what the NBA says is that they're always, you know, I don't want to say always, but they're supportive of the officials. I say it's a tough job. They do the two-minute report for accountability purposes, and they do evaluate officials on a game-to-game basis. The only thing that Adam Silver has said on record as of late because of what happened with Scott Foster and Chris Paul is that he said that, you know, look, uh, he, he defended – you know, both people's characters. He was saying Chris, uh, Scott Foster is a good official, but that they need to find ways to work things out behind the scenes. But that was that. And, you know, I, for, with Scott Foster in particular, I do side with Chris Paul on this. You know, not that he's a saint. He uh, can be a little extracurricular with exchanges with the officials. But I've seen over the years that he's – you know, allowed himself to take personal animosity toward a certain player that's arguing with him into the equation of, you know, how much of a rope he gives them with giving technicals or even calling fouls against them. And I don't think that should be allowed. But, you know, he's been uh, allowed otherwise from the league to call not only games, but games in the playoffs. Real quickly, before we get off this subject, I think from what I think I know about the Jalen Brown situation, I think I'm kind of on Jalen Brown's side. He'd never been ejected from an NBA game before, got a double technical, and he was quoted as saying, you know, I always thought my first ejection I would have gotten my money's worth, like a (laughs) full-scale brawl. And so you have to wonder if the ref uh, had a bit of a quick hook, and I think the crew chief, Mark Lindsay, took the ref's side, but I think that's something that needs to be looked at. I mean, this isn't the NBA, as you know, can be an emotional game, and you play 82 nights a year. You got to have a little thicker skin when you're a ref, don't you? I, I think so. I mean, look, we never fully know what's being exchanged, but you know, someone uh, as long as it's not personal, and even if a player uses language, if it's more of a reaction of a call as opposed to it's not directed toward that person, as long as there's no, you know, language spewed directly at the ref, and there's no, you know, personal insults or things about family, etc. Um, I think that there should be more rope given. Um, I think the real challenge with evaluating this is that we don't fully hear uh, what the exact exchanges are. So a lot of it is just the eye of beholder of what the player may or may not share afterwards. Mark, uh, just a quickie on this. The Spurs lose their 16th game in a row. How is the whole Spurs Wemby first impression act around the league going? Sixteen in a row by the Spurs. That that makes me turn my head just a little bit. Well, it, it does because I mean I came into the season thinking, yeah, they're going to lose a lot of games. They're not missing the playoffs. It's just about developing the team. But I didn't think it would be this bad. And I think the ironic and somewhat comforting thing is that it's not really because Victor Wembanyama is not playing well. He's he's playing well, and he's not a finished product, obviously by any means. But this is a reflection that they have a way too young of a team, 
And while this might be acceptable this first season with just everyone getting on the same page and learning new things, they got to get veterans next season because when you have a generational talent like Victor Wembanyama, you don't want to waste seasons. This season's excusable because he's a rookie and he needs some time. But the, the more you wait after that, it would just be doing a disservice, not just to Wemby, but to the organization. Because, yeah. uh, you, you know, you don't want to squander this opportunity of having such great fortune of having this potential generational superstar and not make the best use of it with a bad team around them. See, this is a narrative you and I, I think, will have throughout the season. I haven't bought in that he's going to be a generational player. Good player. Why not? Because he's just tall. I was there <laughs> courts. Hear me out. I was there courtside for Magic's rookie season. He was generational. I saw Michael Jordan courtside many times when he came into the league. He was generational. I saw LeBron come straight out of high school. He was generational. I am not seeing that transcendent ability. Now, we might down the road, but I'm not seeing it now that could elevate players around him. But I don't want to get hung up on that. Let's just wait and see because what I want to do, Mark, is mark our calendars for January 10th. Maybe we can meet in Orlando where the Pistons, the losers of 19 in a row, will play the Orlando Magic. I think that needs to be a special court game. And I got to ask you, the Pistons started out 2-1. and one. The Monty Williams era. All kinds of optimism. Now, I got friends covering those press conferences, and I feel like Monty Williams look like he, he looks like a funeral director now over these press conferences. Would it surprise you if he said, "You know what, guys? I don't know if this is for me." And he just does he last the year because something is very wrong there. No, I don't think he's going anywhere. And the reason why I'd be surprised if he leaves is he had a pretty heavy bag that convinced him to go there in the True. first place. True. Um, but here, here's what I'll say to this. It's mostly because it's a young team. It, it reminds me a little bit of Houston before this upcoming, this current season with a bunch of talented guys that aren't playing the right way to win, aren't defending. They're just getting numbers that are good for fantasy lineups. But I think that Monty Williams does deserve some blame here because uh, I didn't expect that they would be a playoff team by any means, but they can't be a laughing stock. There has to be some sort of correlation of a veteran-proven head coach impacting the way these guys are playing that's leading to good habits and, and laying down the foundation. And, you know, it is early in the season, so maybe this is growing pains, but I would at least expect that you'd see them compete. Um, so I mostly put the blame on the bad roster and the young talent, but I don't think Monty is blameless either here. And that, and again, no. like I got to stress here, he's not going anywhere. He's a good coach, but you know when you're looking at the mirror and evaluating everything, uh, I think he's been a disappointment as well because you know yes. he, he led the Suns to the finals a few years ago. He's had success with other teams. Uh, they were expecting that it wouldn't be. This bad because they had a proven head coach well i'm in agreement with all that and i invoke this conversation because i have friends in detroit to cover the team and his body language has not been great and i'm not picking on him because that that you know that'll knock the wind out of your sails you lose 19 games in a row in the, they, they didn't win a single game in november they were 0 for november 
Yeah. So anyway, Mark, great stuff as always. Can't wait to have you back uh, next Saturday night. Maybe they'll have another in-season tournament in the next month because this one works so well. But anyway, good stuff, Mark. Get some rest, buddy. I appreciate you. Take care. Mark Medina, our Fox Sports Radio. NBA guru. Clearly, you can see the man very much has his finger on the pulse. Coming up, one quick look at what a 12-team college football playoff would look like as the Florida State, Georgia, I got left out, it's all your fault, your stupid conversation just won't stop. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show, Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Back on the Bernie Fratto Show. Coming up bottom of the hour, Steve Fezzik, the Fezzik Five. We dive heavily into the NFL. I'm going to call him audible. We're going to deal with the 12-team field, what that would look like if they adopted it this year and Florida State would be in. Uh, but since one of Fez's best bets is Cincinnati on Sunday, we're going to get to that in a minute. I want to give it up to unsung hero quarterback Jake Browning, who actually went to school to Washington, played for Chris Peterson. He kept the Bengals' playoff hopes alive last week, 34-31 over the Jags. It came down to a last-second field goal. But Browning was brilliant, 32-37 for 354 and a touchdown. Browning is the first undrafted player to put up numbers like that in 56 years. Hasn't happened since 1967. Also the first true freshman ever to start a season opener. A quarterback for the Huskies. A year later, he guarded. Uh, he actually guided UW to their first conference title in 16 years. Still the all-time school-leading passer. Fez is going to need that Sunday. We'll get into the Fez Five, his best picks, where he's at in the Circa Contest 
coming up. But first, let's go to our guy, the chef, Kevin Wyatt, with the latest. Yeah, the much-anticipated signing of Shohei Otani. Well, that has finally happened, and it is the biggest contract in North American sports history as Otani has agreed to a 10-year, $700 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So he's just heading up Interstate 5, about 25 miles, to Dodgers Stadium. And that deal does include a lot of deferred money, so the Dodgers are going to have some flexibility still to add some other players to uh, help them uh, keep them in championship contention. The Dodgers do open next season with a couple of games in South Korea against the Padres in March. You'll have a chance to uh, immediately showcase's talents on the international stage. In the NBA, in Las Vegas, in-season tournament final, the Lakers win at 123-109 against the Pacers. Behind a monster game from Anthony Davis. 41 points, 20 rebounds. LeBron James named the in-season tournament MVP. College football. This year's Heisman Trophy winner, LSU quarterback Jalen Jaden Daniels, 40 touchdown passes, four interceptions for the LSU senior. He also had over 1,100 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. And in the one FBS game to take place today, the traditional Army and Navy game, it was Army, the Black Knights, winning it on a late stop near the goal line, 17-11, the final final score over in Foxborough. Oregon getting transfer quarterback Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. He's got one year of eligibility left. A couple of NFL notes. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper cleared concussion protocol. Green Bay wide receiver Christian Watson will not play Monday against the Giants. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. Steelers linebacker TJ Watt placed in concussion protocol. The Rams elevating former Packers kicker Mason Crosby from their practice squad. So good indication you'll be kicking for Los Angeles on Sunday. College hoops. We had some ranked teams in Action number twenty or number one Arizona demolishes number twenty three Wisconsin number uh, ninety eight to seventy three number two Kansas over Missouri seventy three sixty four fourth ranked Purdue beats Alabama in Toronto ninety two eighty six St Mary's with the upset win sixty four sixty one against number thirteen Colorado State Utah over their heated rival number fourteen BYU seventy one sixty nine number seventeen Tennessee beats number twenty Illinois eighty six seventy nine and Villanova in Philadelphia on their home court. Beats UCLA 65-56. Back to you, Bernie. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Time to dive into the NFL. So we bring you this segment. You love them. You can't live without them. Yes, it's the Fezzik Five. The time is now. It's the Fezzik Five. These are the five things you need to hear about. Now. With the only back-to-back Hilton Super Contest winner, Steve Fezzik. Here's Bernie Fratto. All right, Fez. So a different time for you tonight, and we are going to dive into your five picks in the uh, Circle Millions Contest, where you're currently tied for second. Uh, but first, I understand you uh, were at the Win Encore tonight. You attended the Jim Gaffigan Show. Give us a review. So I give Jim Gaffigan the highest reviews. Very clean show. Um, if you enjoy him on TV, you'll enjoy him live. He just hit it out of the park, including he's lost a lot of weight, Bernie. So the first thing he says is, boy, you know, I, I expect people to coming up, coming up and, and congratulating me. Instead, they're like, are you okay? 
you got the cancer? Is everything all right? <laughs> and he's like, no. He's like, hey. and then, then they ask, am I on the Omziac drug? And he's like, no, I'm not oh, on that. Why do I need that? <laughs> he's like, I'm Did on he... the Zodiac drug. I'm on some, one of them. One of, the, one of them. That's helping. Yes. And he's just I'll hilarious. I'll be darned. Family. Well, you know, Fez, I recently went on that garlic diet lost 10 friends. <laughs> Mark, where's my, where's my rim shot? Come on, buddy. Jeez. All right. Oh, all right. All, all good. That's what I get for begging. Fez, uh, let's dive into this. I know Jacksonville let you down Monday night or you'd be in first place in the uh, Circa Millions contest. You're grabbing uh, Jags plus three and a half, I believe, against Cleveland. If, do I have that right? Yes, just too good a number not to, to take. I think it's a free roll. If Lawrence Lawrence plays, I think this line will come down to two. And if he doesn't play, I think it's going to be like three and a quarter. So catching the three and a half, it was just, um, boy, you know, I, I don't believe in Cleveland's backup quarterbacks. It should be an ugly game. I just had to play the plus three and a half. A big part of success in these contests is taking good numbers, and that certainly was a very good number. One of the things that concerns me about the game, if C.J. Bethard starts. Doug Peterson, he's facing off against his former defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. Remember, they were partners in crime uh, when they won a Super Bowl together in Philadelphia in 2017. Does it concern you that Schwartz may know a thing or two about Peterson's offense and points could be at a premium here? Well, it also concerns me that C.J. Beathard isn't healthy. He got injured in the last game as well. Um, but um, you got to play five picks, and ultimately um, it came down to, you know, I, there were some games I was leaning to and the like. I wanted the Bears, but the Bears were only plus three. I couldn't get them plus three and a half, and the line's three and a quarter, so I went with the Jaguars. You got yourself a good line with the Saints, minus five. It's up to six now. Interestingly enough, the good news is Derek Carr, past concussion protocol. You don't want to see him hurt. He's a good guy. The bad news is Derek Carr passed Pass. concussion protocol. He stinks. Your thoughts? You like the Saints minus five? Um, I like it versus the other options. I tell you what I do like. I like fading Carolina. I've seen this movie before. When you get a team that is truly awful, like Carolina is, and then they get a legitimate chance to win a game, and they play a fairly close game, it's closer line against Tampa Bay, and then they come up short, and they cover, but they don't you know, get the win. So oftentimes, that close game results in the very next game, they just get blasted because they're just so so many games you can go all in trying to win. So um, I don't trust Carolina. This is not a pro St. Betts. This is not a pro car bet. This is an anti-Carolina. And let's face Fair it, enough. Bernie. Um, who would you rather have? Um, Young or would you rather just just have another shot at it with like the 10th, maybe the 15th pick in the draft next year? Oh, I think Bryce Young is going to be fine. Give the man, Give the young man time. He's not, a deer, he's not a deer in the headlights. I've been doing this a long time. I'm not. No way am I giving up on that kid. Um, so let's. That's a conversation for another day. It's an excellent question. Uh, again, uh, I want to remind everybody: Fed's the only two-time winner back-to-back in the the, the the Hilton now Westgate you know Super Contest. Fez is number two overall in the Circle Millions Contest. And how many people, Fez? Fifty-three hundred. That's five thousand three hundred for you scoring at home. All right. Uh, I, you may have heard me singing the praises of Jake Browning. He was outstanding on Monday night. You, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Jake Browning-Gardner-Minshew uh, battle 
will uh, will will resume uh, in right. Well, I guess about nine and a half hours. Now you got the Bengals at a pick 'em. I understand some mini money has come in, and they're now minus one. Give me your thoughts on that game. Well, it's all Bengal money, actually. You know me, Bernie. I'm only going to take good numbers um, because let's let's face it. Like at this point, every pick I take is kind of like an implied thirty thousand dollar bet. And would I ever bet thirty grand on something taking a bad number? Bengals are up to two minus two and a half. I think a big part of that is the Colts' win last week against Tennessee was phony. Two blocked punts, um, a bad snap on an extra point that denied Tennessee taking the lead, and Jake Browning looked like a competent quarterback, and we did not expect that at all. Given that, um, and given the phone, again, I've seen this movie before, you give me an average team playing a slightly below average team, and the average team steals a win on the road, and then they got to go on the road again in a similar situation, and they usually come up empty. I'm on the Bengals. No, one of the things that you you always get the the best of the closing line number. I misspoke there. I do that every now and then. We do seven hours solo. But the bottom line is uh, your picks have to be in by Thursday, correct? Um, actually, the deadline is if you play the Thursday game, yes, your picks have to be in all of them by Thursday. But if you eschew the Thursday game, deadline is 4 p.m. on Saturday. Okay. I tend to put in my picks one hour before the deadline. Sounds good. So... Uh, believe it or not, I really love this next play. You're laying 11 with the 49ers, but they just played 18 days ago, and the Niners beat them by 18 in Seattle. I don't know what the Seahawks do to bridge that 18-point gap. The Niners, to me, are absolute world beaters as long as they stay healthy. But you know how I feel about double-digit spreads. Fez, get, take us behind the curtain and... Why you fired on a double-digit spread, which is rare for you. So let's do the math here. So the Niners were laying seven two weeks ago at Seattle. Clearly, that line was too low because the Niners clobbered them. So upgrade the Niners a point, lower Seattle a point. Now, if they replayed in Seattle, the line should be nine. Let's flip home field. Home field is only worth like a point and a half. Got to multiply by two. So instead of Seattle getting an extra half point, San Fran gets it. And that nine becomes 12. Um, but the key difference here is Geno Smith is injured. And he got injured in practice. We don't know if he's going to play. If it's Drew Locke, it's, it's easily a three-point downgrade. If it's um, Geno and he's playing and he's not 100%, it's also a downgrade. So that 12 becomes either a 14.5 or a 13.5. And, and I'm only an 11. It's a no-brainer. i got to take the best team in the NFL, the 49ers. All right, your fifth pick, the Sunday night game. The 10 and 2 Eagles visit the 9 and 3 Cowboys. What's at stake? Well, nothing. Just first place in the NFC East. The Eagles catching three and a half. Dak Prescott, the greatest quarterback in the history of football when it doesn't matter, has won four straight against the Eagles at AT&T Stadium. I could only look to the Eagles here plus three and a half, which you've already done. Give me your thoughts on the game. Yeah, and the leader in the Circa Millions is uh, on the Cowboys minus three and a half. So this game's going to go a long way towards determining who's going to finish higher in the contest. Um, I know we've all spoken about the Eagles and the gauntlet schedule, and I'll be the first to tell you I was all over the Niners last week to clobber the Eagles. But um, the Eagles did have a bye during that gauntlet. And let's face it, the Eagles were coming off win after win, undeserved wins. And because of that, it was unrealistic to think 
that they were going to run the table and go 5-0 and in those games. But now they're, they're at the end of the gauntlet, and it's the showdown against the Cowboys, and the Eagles are in the catbird seat with the win. With the loss, all of a sudden, they go into a tie for the division, and now the Niners have the tie breaks. So the Eagles need this game suddenly, and because of that, I think you've got two almost equal teams, even if the Cowboys are one point better, and I give the Cowboys one and a half for home field, I still only get the two and a half, and I'm catching three and a half. You nailed it. Dak Prescott's not a quarterback I trust playing in a high-profile game. He is a quarterback I trust to beat the living daylights out of any bad team not named Arizona. So um, the Eagles to hang in there against the Dallas Bullies in a game either team could win by three. Fez, hang tight. When we come back, I want to talk Rams-Baltimore, Lions-Bears, and uh, Vikings-Raiders, a game I've, I've got a credential for Sunday. I'll be at that game, so definitely want to get your your thoughts on those, and we might even uh, dive in a little bit on Houston Jets and Buffalo, Kansas City. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. All right, back on the Bernie Frater Show. We continue with the Fezzik Five, currently number two overall out of 5,300 people in the Circa Lands Contest, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton. Now Westgate Super Contest. Fez, let's do a little rapid fire here. Rams are catching seven at Baltimore. Feels like a lot, but they're 0-3 against the number this year. Their past three games as an underdog. 
Yeah, and I got a team from L.A. going to some bad weather conditions in Baltimore. I love seven-and-a-half-point spreads. And why, Bernie? Because lots of flexibility teasing those teams. Again, if we're going to play a six-point teaser, don't want to lay more than minus twenty. DraftKings has that available. So Baltimore, a good six-point teaser, good six-and-a-half-point teaser. And those are called Wong teasers. I won't bore everyone with all the details this week. Go get Stanford Wong's book, Sharp Sports Betting. He has an entire chapter on how to play these and a good partner would be to utilize Tampa Bay Buccaneers from plus two up to plus eight with that Baltimore teaser. All right, three weeks ago, the Lions were down 12 points to the Bears, four minutes to play. The proverbial Bears had a 98.6% chance to win. They lost 31 26. Interesting game Sunday, Detroit laying three and a half on the road. Thoughts on yeah, that? Threes and three nows available, and I got to tell you, there was a three in the contest I want no part, Bernie. I'm curious to hear what you think of this, of your Detroit Lions. I've seen this movie before. I've seen um, I've seen Detroit struggle in the outdoors in That's the right. wintertime. I know they can run the ball, but um, I think it that favors the Bears. I think Goff struggles in bad weather as well. It would not surprise me at all to see the Bears win the game. Thus, Bears plus three and a half looks like the way to go. I don't like the Lions in this spot. I, I hate the Bears, but I do not like the Lions. You nailed it, Fez. They're a hothouse team. They don't do well on the road. There's going to be inclement weather. The Bears are not bad against the run. If you make the Lions one-dimensional, I like Jared Goff, but it gives them issues. All right, the game will be at Sunday. I got my credential. Vikings 6-6 six and six at the Raiders. A little controversy with their offensive coordinator. Vikings laying a field goal. I feel like this is a game the Vikings win. The question is, do the Raiders hang around and make it interesting? The great Bernie Fratto throwing his weight around, a little grandstanding and showboating. I have no credentials for this game, so I'm going to have to pay full fare if I was going to go to it, but I'm too busy betting anyways. Um, the uh, <laughs> great stadium, too, at, 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 at Allegiant. I, uh, I almost used the Raiders plus three. I thought long. I thought hard about it. Um, who are the Vikings to be laying three to the Raiders who have been home basically since, like, November 15th other than one game? Um I would prefer the Raiders, even with Justin Jefferson. I um, I don't trust Dobbs, and I don't think that the Vikings are four and a half points better than the Raiders. But there will be a lot of Vikings fans there with you, Bernie. Fez, we got about 90 seconds left. The Chiefs lane one and a half against the Bills. I am buying it. I like the Chiefs here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and look to, if you play Buffalo, tease Buffalo up from one half to seven half, you're probably going to get a pick on Kansas City. Um, so that's the way I would play, regardless of which side you like. Uh, I do want to do a shout out. Fox Sports, some of the best people. Um, Bernie, yourself, I couldn't ask for a better person to interact with and be a part of. And uh, Jonas Knox, all the way up to Scott Shapiro, everybody just fantastic over at yep. Fox Sports. And I uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. It, it is an honor. Last one, Broncos, Chargers, Chargers land three. This is a, kind of a must win for Denver. Your thoughts? Getting real hard to find Denver plus three. If you still can, that is the only way it would look. Chargers going to Charger. This game's going to be a one-point game. Chargers are probably below it. St- uh, Fez, great stuff. Sounds like we want to combine that long teaser. Baltimore down to pick them. Buffalo up over a touchdown. Fez, enjoy your Sunday, my friend. Good luck in the contest. Thank you, Bernie. You're the best. Uh, Steve Fezzik, Fezzik 5, tied for second in the Circa Contest. He has Jacksonville plus 3.5, the Saints minus 5, Cincinnati in a pick'em, San Francisco minus 11, Philadelphia plus 
three and a half. And you heard about the Wong teaser. You want to go through the key numbers, the three, four, six, and seven. Fez likes teasing Baltimore down and Buffalo up. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this Eagles-Cowboy game tomorrow night. I will be at the Raiders game, but uh, I'm really looking forward to the Cowboys game. Coming up, what are the latest headlines in the NFL, good, bad, and ugly? We'll tell you. Keep it locked. Listen to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yep, that's right. You heard the man. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the TireAct.com studios here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio. The Bernie Fratto Show rolls on. TireAct.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireAct.com, the way tire buying should be. So we went over a lot of key matchups with Fez uh, for Week 14 in the NFL, including a doubleheader Monday night. But I want to dive into some headlines, and uh, I'm going to come back to this in a second. I'm having a hell of a hard time believing that Trevor Lawrence will play Sunday. Maybe he makes a layer out of me, but if he's truly got a high ankle sprain, you just don't come back. uh, You know, they played Monday night. You don't come back six days later. We shall see. I'm not sure if Trevor Lawrence is human anyway, so maybe he'll make a he'll make a liar out of me. I'm going to come back to that headline in a minute, but it was a it was an interesting week last week because now the the Green Bay Packers have entered the conversation, and I really want to tip my cap to just uh, to uh, to their quarterback uh, Jordan Love. He not only was patient and dignified and professional while, you know, sitting behind Rodgers. When he got on the field, frankly, he looked over a match, but he's come around. He's a higher ceiling than I thought. The question, can he consistently do that? Because if he brings his A game, he's the goods. Now, it's a big if, but I want to give the young man his uh, due because Green Bay had a four-game losing streak earlier this year, and they were 2-5, and five, and things were looking bleak. Jordan Love was struggling. It was looking like a lost season. Now, the Packers are 6-6. They won four of their last five. They are alive for the final playoff spot in the NFC. When Green Bay upset the Chiefs last week, that was massive. It sets the Packers up quite nicely the rest of the way because none of their final five opponents have a winning record. In fact, the group has a combined cumulative record of 20 and 40 for a 333 winning percentage. The Vikings, who are currently 6 and 6, present perhaps the toughest remaining test. But winning out is not out of the realm of possibility. And Green Bay is playing complimentary football. Remember, they, they've got a defense with a bunch of first round draft picks on it. So. This is a great story developing. It, it, it really is. And uh, when you saw what Green Bay did to Detroit on Thanksgiving Day, it caught my attention. But they've won four in a row now. That is a headline. The Niners blast the Eagles. If you don't think they're the NFC's best, somebody said they have trust issues. Who can you really trust? Well, if you can't trust the 49ers, and don't tell me about injuries. Injuries can happen to anybody. 
I don't want to create problems that don't exist yet and try to solve them. But I get it. If Purdy goes down or Debo Samuel goes down or, or Christian McCaffrey goes down, anything can happen. Let's just deal with it here and now. The Niners did have a brief midseason slump thanks to injuries. That seems like ages ago. They're 9-3. and three. They absolutely shredded the Eagles. They handed Philadelphia only their second loss of the season. Now the Niners have won four in a row. Average margin, 21 points. And the Niners started out terribly that game. Three and out in their first two possessions. And in the first quarter, San Fran had a negative six yards. The Eagles recorded seven first downs on 124 yards. It looked like the opposite would happen. But the Eagles didn't convert either of their red zone trips and settle for field goals. You cannot bring field goals to a touchdown fight. The rest of the game, the Niners completely overwhelmed Philadelphia with their speed. They scored touchdowns on six straight possessions, and this is against the Eagles' defense. San Francisco bullied the Eagles' defense. And on third down, they were 8 for 11. And in the red zone, they were 4 for 4. That's how you do it, Will Ferrell. That's how you debate, old school. In the red zone, that's the money zone. On third down, that's the money down. They don't pay you to punt. When you go 4 for 4 in the red zone and 8 for 11 in third down and you score on six straight possessions, well, guess what? Oh, by the way, score touchdowns on six straight possessions. They outgained the Eagles 456 to 333. But it's the Niners, it's, it wasn't just that. You talk about passing the eye test. The Niners set the tone. They were physical. They played a bruising defense. They completely eliminated the Eagles' ground game. Now, these two may meet in the playoffs again, but right now the Niners look like the better team. And if the road to the Super Bowl goes through San Francisco, literally and figuratively, which meaning if Detroit or the Cowboys or the Eagles would have to play an NFC championship game in San Francisco, good luck. By the way, the AFC has a new number one at least for now. The Miami Dolphins, well, they easily handle the Washington Commanders in a 45-15 route. The Washington Commanders have turned into the Washington Generals. All they need is red clocks to complete the deal. I love Tua. He stayed healthy this year. For me, it was never a talent issue with him. It was a health issue. Remember, he came into the league coming out of Alabama with two devastating injuries that took over a year to heal. Facts. Hashtag facts. But Tua and Tyreek Hill, they continue their dominance. They beat Washington 45-15. Their defense, they hit Sam Howell more than Rocky Balboa all game long. This is more about what happened in Green Bay. Now, with Kansas City's loss against the Packers, Miami, now 9-3, they moved into the number one seed in the AFC. That would give the Dolphins a first-round bye and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That would be massive for a team who's 5-0 and at home this year. It's huge. But it won't matter unless the Dolphins can, the, the Miami proves that they can handle the better teams in football. Miami still, I respect what they've done, but they still do not have a single victory against a team currently with a winning record. Now, weeks 16 and 17 will be the litmus test. 
They face the Dallas Cowboys, who are 9-3. and three. They get them at home. But then you got the Baltimore Ravens on the road, and the Ravens are going to want to turn that into a fist fight in the phone booth. And that's where you question whether or not Miami can answer that bell. Miami is somewhere between a finesse team and a physical team, but they're not a physical team like Baltimore. Okay? By the way, not for nothing, the Jaguars can take the top seed with a victory Monday night. But you don't know. We're going to get to the Trevor Lawrence situation in a minute. Gardner Minshew, the second, also back in the headlines. Very few people saw this coming. I know I didn't. I don't even know if they saw it coming in Indianapolis. And By the way, Anthony Richardson seems like ancient history right now. Hopefully he comes back healthy next year. He was outstanding. He was dynamic. He was terrific. He suffers a season-ending shoulder injury, but enter Gardner Minshew. He's not only stabilized Indianapolis with his play, he's also got the Colts technically in the playoff chase. And by the way, you got to give a ton of credit to rookie coach Shane Steichen. Uh, he, of course, was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia when they got to the Super Bowl before heading to Indianapolis. But you also got to give a lot of credit to Gardner Minshew. He's absolutely delivered in the clutch. Minshew was 26 of 42 for 312 and two touchdowns last week. But it's how he, he kept answering every punch that Tennessee threw at him. He just kept making big plays, right? He had a 55-yard bomb late in overtime. The Colts needed a touchdown to win the game. Threw it to Alec Pierce. It was a perfectly thrown ball. Put the Colts inside the five-yard line. Two plays later, inside the five, Minshew throws the game-winning touchdown to Michael Pittman. The Colts win 31-28. Gardner Minshew's on a one-year deal. Maybe he's on the contract drive. I don't know. He's been bounced around a lot. But for now, and that ought to be an interesting game between Jacksonville and, and Indy. Finally, I can't say enough good things about D'Amico Ryan's, C.J. Stroud, and the Houston Texans. They are making, you, you don't check your dial, they are making a playoff push. We are talking about the Houston Texans here. They had the Denver Broncos, the hottest team, and the one that had forced 16 turnovers during their five-game winning streak in their building last week. Both teams, 6-5. and five. And sort of in the middle of the playoff picture in the AFC, but both really not only need to win, they need help, etc. Houston didn't commit a single turnover. They lost their rookie receiver, Tank Dell, who's been an absolute standout this year. He broke his leg, and they forced Russell Wilson, who actually had been very reliable in the fourth quarter of games this year, into two costly interceptions, Denver's final two drives of the day. Houston wins 22-17. The stuff dreams are made of. Houston's defense was superb. It allowed the Broncos to convert just one of their three red zone trips. There you go again. Shut them down on all. Houston, Denver was 0 for 11 on third down attempts. That is the D'Amico Ryan's influence. Meanwhile, there go that man, C.J. Stroud, continues his superb season. This is a game the Texans, who are now 7-5, and five, needed to have because the Colts are also 7-5, and five, and they took down the Titans. Both are fighting for the seventh and final playoff seed in the NFL. Houston is right in the mix. 
Coming up, I want to talk about what happened to Trevor Lawrence Monday night, and it speaks to a what I think a more bothersome trend in the National Football League. Star quarterbacks keep going down. You know, you can shorten the preseason practices where you can't hit as much, change the rules. Why do we keep getting these injuries? I don't know. But this is a really bad break for Lawrence and the Jaguars. We'll talk about it coming up. Hey, football fans, be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific for Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, and professional better Bill Krakenberger, my buddy, they have you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM right here on Fox Sports Radio in the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. All right, back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Take up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Remember, coming up top of the hour, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. The dance sensation sweeping the nation. What kind of brand new fool are you followed by what my name? Before I tell you the report I'm getting out of Cleveland, I want to credit a gentleman named Barry Shuck from... Uh, from a publication called Dogs by Nature. I want to take you back to Monday night and stop me if you've heard this before, but another star quarterback goes down with a potentially serious injury. Trevor Lawrence. His lower leg was stepped on in the fourth quarter of Monday night's game against the Bengals. Uh, The injury came when his teammate, Walker Little, was uh, pushed back 
by Trey Hendrickson, who's a terrific pass rusher for the Bengals, he inadvertently stepped on his ankle, uh, Lawrence's ankle. Now, Hendrickson, class act, and Jags receiver, Zay Jones, had to help Lawrence to his feet, but then he falls to the grass immediately. That brought a collective gasp. That brought him uh, Lawrence slamming his uh, helmet to the ground, and it was reported he had a sprained ankle, Then it was later reported he had a high ankle sprain, typically minimum a three-week injury. This was not good. Couldn't have come at a worse time. You know, C.J. Beathard takes over for Lawrence. He had a late field goal drive, but they end up losing in, in overtime. You know, at, if you go back to Monday, everybody was reporting, we don't know how bad Lawrence's injury will prove to be. It's possible it may be worse than it looked, but it looked nasty. Uh, if he misses time and puts the Jags in a difficult position, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, the timing of the Lawrence injury was troublesome because the Jags, they have a tough game Sunday against some tough pass rushers, and you, you get the picture. There's never there's never a, a good time to be injured, right? But again, as a side note to what I'm trying to share with you, the he Lawrence is just the latest prominent quarterback to get hurt this season. You've already seen Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson, Daniel Jones get injured, even backups. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Terod Taylor, they've been injured. Derek Carr was in concussion protocol. He's out of pressure, uh, concussion protocol. Kenny Pickett had surgery for a high ankle sprain. 52 different quarterbacks have started on game in the NFL this season, which is on par for the number of unique starters in any season. And we were told that injuries would go down when they took away preseason games and they changed all the rules. Well, it hasn't happened. But here's the rest of the story. Even though it was reported that Trevor Lawrence suffered a high ankle sprain, losing to the Bengals Monday night, which as I just said, is usually a minimum three-week comeback. The Jags announced Saturday that, quote, Lawrence will be their starter against the Browns pending a final decision in pregame warm-ups. Doug Peterson stated that he'll leave it up to Trevor Lawrence. He said he's feeling good. He moved around a little bit Thursday, a little bit better on Friday. We talked to the medical staff. Here's the kicker. Trevor Lawrence has never missed a game, period. Never missed a game in high school. Never missed a game at Clemson University. Has never missed a game in the National Football League. Trevor Lawrence wants to continue that streak. More importantly, Jacksonville, as we talked about earlier, they have a very slim one-game lead in their division over the Indianapolis Colts uh, and, uh, and the Houston Texans. That's the AFC South. Currently, the Jags eight and four. Colts and Texans are both seven and five. Indy has caught fire. I just talked about that. They've won four in a row with Gardner Minshew. So right now, eight and a half hours before kickoff, Lawrence is officially listed as questionable against Cleveland, and he's gotten some reps in on Friday, but mainly rested the entire week. Trevor Lawrence is a specimen, okay? He's physically strong. He's mentally strong. If anybody can overcome the odds of making a one-week comeback, 
It could be Trevor Lawrence. This blows me away, though. I'm still having a hard time believing it. I really am. And he has a history of playing hurt. I get that. In October, Lawrence injured his left knee when they beat the Colts, started five days later against the Saints, and uh, was 20-29 for 204 yards and even ran for 59 yards. Last season, Lawrence suffered a toe injury against Detroit in the first half, couldn't walk off the field, then plays the entire second half. Doug Peterson has been on record as basically saying that Lawrence is a different breed, but we all know that. He's got toughness, physical toughness, mental toughness. And when your quarterback exudes that, as Peterson said, it sends a message to the rest of the team in a good way. They're optimistic. Again, this shocks me. The fact that Lawrence is willing and able to put himself out there for his teammates speaks volumes. This is a high ankle sprain. It's a weight-bearing injury. This is not a hangnail. As early as Wednesday, there were reports of Lawrence stating his ankle was feeling pretty good after only two days. If you are the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think you better hope so. They're backed up by C.J. Beathard, who's also been cleared to play. By the way, Jacksonville signed a quarterback by the name of Nathan Rourke from the practice squad. He's a team's emergency QB3 for the game. So that tells you right there that you knew that there might be something, you know, up with Lawrence. I'm Again, I'm having one hell of a hard time believing that Lawrence is, is you know, going to play. But Jacksonville feels this is the type of scenario that already played out earlier this season. As I mentioned, in mid-October, when Lawrence injured his left knee when they beat the Colts 37-20. to There were lots of questions and doubts about whether Lawrence could play the following week, and it was a short week. He wound up starting five days later during a Thursday night game, traveling to New Orleans. And not only did Lawrence play that night, but he lit it up, frankly. He completed 20 of 29 passes for 200 yards, one touchdown, ran for a career high, 59 yards and only eight carries. Playing with a brace on his left knee, Lawrence finished as he was the second leading rusher behind Alvin Kamara that night. So here we are again. I know I'm repeating myself. He suffered a high ankle sprain during Jacksonville's loss Monday. Doug Peterson said Lawrence is feeling good. He moved around a little bit the very next day. And lo and behold, lo and behold, Trevor Lawrence says he's going to play Sunday at Cleveland. He's thankful the injury isn't worth that worse than it could have been. And I'm glad, too. I, I'm sick of seeing top-flight quarterbacks going down. Whether you like Jacksonville or not or believe it, they're on the short list. Okay, if they get into the playoffs, they're going to be a really, really tough out. I remember a few years ago when they gave the Chiefs a scare. All right. Well, look, I digress, and uh, that has nothing to do with this. Coming up, I gave you the good news headlines for the National Football League as we enter Week 14. I want to give you the bad news headlines. We covered all the good, bad, ugly. But first, oh, boy. It's time we go back to our guy, the chef, the chef, Kevin Wyatt with the latest. I'm going to make love to you one more. Here he goes, baby. There he goes. You're down by the fire. 
And caress your womanly body Make you moan and perspire Gonna get those juices flowing We're making love, baby, love, baby Love, 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 baby Huh? <laughs> the chef every week uh chef you uh seem to outdo yourself oh, and yeah. uh, well, i'm telling you we are getting cards and letters from around the country oh this is the favorite there are 168 let me try that again in english last time i ran a tongue from that place <laughs> there are 168 hours of programming live programming here on fox sports radio some of the best talent in the country but that two minute Chef performance every week is the one people rave about. Chef, you oh, got the floor. I'm flattered. I am flattered. That's why I do it. I do it for the people, Bernie. You're a man of the people. Yes. Well, someone who uh, is much, <laughs> much above being a man of the people, at least after getting $700 million, that's Shohei Otani. That's the biggest contract ever given by a North American sports team to a player. And Shohei Otani, a 10-year, $700 million deal. Now, a lot of that money will be deterred, deferred excuse me, into uh, the distant future. So the Dodgers going to actually have some flexibility to add some players, add some pieces around Otani to stay competitive. And... One thing that Otani might have to look forward to, the Dodgers are going to open next season with a couple of games in South Korea against the Padres in March, so he's going to have a chance to really showcase his skills on the international stage. In the NBA, the first ever in-season tournament, the finals in Las Vegas, and it's the Lakers over the Pacers, 123-109 is Anthony Davis. An outstanding performance, 41 points and 20 rebounds. LeBron James, the tournament MVP. In a college football, 2023's Heisman Trophy winner, LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. He had 40 touchdowns to just four interceptions. Also ran for over 1,100 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. And we did have one game in the FBS today. Army with a 17-11 win against Navy in Foxborough as the Black Knights getting a late stop near the goal line as they're able to hang on for the win. Oregon's getting transfer quarterback Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma, and he's got one year of eligibility left as the Ducks going to have him as they enter the Big Ten. NFL updates. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper has con- has cleared concussion protocol. Green Bay wide receiver Christian Watson will not play Monday night at the Giants. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue. And Steelers linebacker TJ Watt has been placed in concussion protocol. The Rams elevating former Packers kicker Mason Crosby from their practice squad. So that's a good indication that he very well could be kicking for them against the Ravens Sunday afternoon. And in college hoops. Some ranked teams in action. Top-ranked Arizona. Blowout win against number 23 Wisconsin. Now at 73. Second-ranked Kansas over Missouri, 73-64. to Number four, Purdue goes to Toronto and beats Alabama, 92-86. Zach Eady with 35 points in his hometown. St. Mary's upsetting number 13 Colorado State, 64-61. Utah against their heated rival, number 14 BYU. The Utes getting it, 71-69. Number 17. Tennessee over number 20, Illinois, 86-79. And Villanova depends their home court against UCLA, 65-256. MLS Cup Final, it's Columbus over LAFC, 2-1. Back to you, Bernie. All right, Chef, another boffo performance, and we'll catch up with you and our guy Patrick Sweeka and Mark Ramsey, top of the hour for a little 
Brand New Fool, and What My Name. All right, we gave you what I believe to be the good news headlines for the National Football League. Let's look at the other side of the ledger. Brad Allen's officiating crew. Now, we got my buddy Joe Gibbs, NFL Ref Stats, on uh, you know every few weeks. And I don't think it's a mystery to anybody anymore. The inconsistency of officiating in the National Football League has been called into question, and for good reason. All right? But Brad Allen's officiating crew might have taken it to a different level. It's one thing for a crew to have a poor officiating game. It's another for it to come on the Sunday night showcase. That was a debacle of the highest order. In particular, that final drive of the Chiefs-Packers game was peppered with clear mistakes. The first was there, there was a personal foul, unnecessary roughness on a hit against Patrick Mahomes while he was still in bounds. The second was an obvious defensive pass interference that frankly should have been called against Packers cornerback Carrington Valentine. It should have given the Chiefs the ball inside the 10-yard line. Patrick Mahomes was very classy about it after the game. said, let the players play, but it wasn't just that call. And I get it. Mistakes happen. But when one this bad can potentially affect the outcome of a game, it's, it's just simply inexcusable. And the inconsistency is what I think gets all of us. You don't know what pass interference looks like anymore. You know what roughing the quarterback looks like anymore. It's a mess. It it, it truly is, and I don't think it helps the product. No one's going anywhere, trust me. The gambling handle this year will be about $105 billion in all sports across the board. So as long as there's fantasy football and sports betting, the NFL is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's safe. Um, the New England Patriots have a very good defense. They actually have, they do. I'll say that up front. But their offensive showing for the Chargers in their 6 nothing victory against New England was unacceptable for a team that's much talent. Uh, you know, I've been all over Brandon Staley, you know, uh, you know, like white on rice since he got hired. Don't like him. They're five and seven. They have too much talent to be five and seven. The offensive line run blocking is average at best, and their offensive coordinator Kellen Moore repeatedly tried to force the run game against the uh, the uh, 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 Patriots last week. Maybe because he you know didn't want to be one dimensional. Result disaster. Chargers ran the ball twenty four times for an average of one point two yards for carry. Talk about beating your head against the wall. And Kellen Moore, I would say, had a good reputation. You know, Dallas's offense doesn't seem to miss him for what it's worth. He was a great quarterback at Boise State, had a cup of coffee in the NFL. He tried to call rushes on early downs. And that, that often sets up bad down-and-distance situations. So you're, you find yourself second and nine, third and nine. The Patriots offense, which could not score with a fistful of 50s in a woman's house of ill repute, they somehow outgained the Chargers, 257 to 241. Now, believe it or not, this was a game that was painful to watch. It set offense back into the 1700s. Neither team took a snap in the red zone. Yep, part of it were drop passes and not great effort, mental mistakes, missed, you know, blown assignments. That, but that's the norm. And the question is, will it cost Brandon Staley his job? Now, I have never called for a coach's job in any radio show I've done since 1994, and I'm not going to start now. And I will tell you this, uh, I don't know that Kellen Moore's safe either. 
And I don't know that the Spanos family likes to pay coaches to not coach. But I will tell you, on a scale of 1 to 10, Brandon Staley's done a negative 1. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. By the way, I thought when Pittsburgh got a, got rid of Matt Cannon, that's what they told us. Uh, they were supposed to be, you know, up and at them after they got rid of their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. They've come crashing back to earth. Pittsburgh was 7-5. and five. They put up just 10 points on the Arizona Cardinals team last Sunday with only two victories, and their defense was ranked second to last, allowing 27 points per game. Pittsburgh then doubled down on that by stinking it up Thursday night. Why doesn't Pittsburgh have a downfield passing game? Even with a backup quarterback, you should have a downfield passing game. Mitch Trubisky was 25-13 and 13 in Chicago, completed 67% of his passes. He even got to the playoffs twice. Even could have won a playoff game without the double-doing field goal. What's happened to Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh? Um, this is a serious question. Starting to wonder if would be better off with Lily Tomlin. What has happened? The Steelers converted just one of four trips inside the 20. That was against Arizona. And they stunk it up again Thursday night. Now... Mike Tomlin has never not had, or has never had a losing season. I'm starting to wonder if that could be in jeopardy this year. So Carolina fires Frank Reich, who I really like, but this just that era, that oh, that owner, I don't know, man. He adds new dimensions to the word impatience. But I really think Carolina's problems run far deeper than Frank Reich. Frankly. I do think it might start at the top. With all due respect, David Tepper, and it is good to be the king, Mel Brooks. It's good to be the king. Far too often, if you have an impatient NFL owner, that leads to instability. Coaching staffs turn over, front offices turn over, and that really sort of puts a real crimp in the, in, in the chance for a young player to develop and have success. So the Carolina Panthers... They drafted a quarterback, Bryce Young, number one overall. And even though, I mean, they only gave Frank Reich 11 games. That's, when it wasn't great, that is too far short of a time to evaluate a coach. And by the way, I've been evaluating quarterbacks for a long time. I know how to do it. I, I do not give up on Bryce Young. He's not a deer in the headlights. It's a bad situation. He sees the field. He's more athletic than people give him credit for. He's more accurate than people get him credit for. He knows how to get the ball out of his hand. Give him time. I don't want to hear about his size. I don't give a damn about his size. I can give you a bunch of tall, big quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League that have sucked. You want size? How about Dan McGuire out of San Diego State, Mark McGuire's brother, six foot seven? How about Paxton Lynch? Don't tell me about size. It's about ability. And quarterback is the position you play with your eyes. I'm not giving up on Bryce Young, but he's with a bad organization. And it's compounded when you factor in Carolina traded its best weapon in the deal to move up on the draft. So that just puts more pressure on him. In Carolina's first game with Chris Tabor as their interim coach, the offense was basically the same. They lost 21-18 to Tampa Bay, and the Panthers converted just 3 of 15 third downs, which matched their season low. And yes, I get it. Bryce Young failed to throw a passing touchdown for the fourth time this season. What Carolina needs to do is nail its next coaching hire because you don't want to sabotage Bryce Young's career. 
I would be concerned because given David Tepper and his tenure and his what his proclivities are, it would seem to me that I it, I don't know that I have a good feeling about what could happen there. But I want to repeat myself. I believe Bryce Young can play. Give him time. See me after he's had about 27 starts. See me after he's had some other NFL talent around him. It's not an excuse. It's it's a fact. Uh, I evaluate him differently than I evaluate Justin Fields or certainly Trey Lance. Bryce Young can play. He needs a different opportunity. But from what I have seen in terms of his physical attitude in, in the worst possible conditions, he's managed to hold up okay. You know, go back and look at Troy Aikman's first year. It wasn't great. Wasn't great. Coming up, speaking of another quarterback who's not only been maligned, I think he's been sort of unfairly characterized, and you may wonder, why am I sticking up for this guy? Well, because he was the subject of completely false reports last week, to the best of my knowledge. Now he's got to defend himself. This is a guy with a lot of physical talent. Sometimes your physical talent with athletes will take you to a place where your character can't keep you. But I think we have a different situation here, and I think we have a situation that's rectifiable. And this team better figure out how to do it because uh, they picked this kid number two overall. I will get to that coming up. Football fans, be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific for Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, my buddy, professional better Bill Krakenberger. They got you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM right here on Fox Sports Radio in the iHeartRadio app. Coming up, we talk about Wait for it. Zach Wilson. Give me my two cents. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. 
I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. We're back at the Bernie Fratto Show. Coming up top of the hour, what kind of brand new fool are you? What my name? All right, I want to share with you a scouting report of a young man drafted out of BYU, currently with the New York Jets. This is a legitimate NFL scouting report. Three-year starter who took over as a true freshman. Can throw guys open with accuracy on all three levels. Will place throws attempting to save his receivers from hits. Willing to make tight throws at all levels. Consistently aggressive. Plays with confidence. He will attempt back, shoulder throws, and can place balls against tight coverage. Excellent deep ball thrower. Can throw far and throws a nice catchable ball. Good intermediate arm strength. Overall solid arm strength can put some zip on outside throws. Played in a varied scheme that asked him to make all sorts of plays. Asked to make real progressions at times. Seemed to handle it. Has the ability to ad-lib, change arm slots on his throws, ability to make throws off platform. He will extend plays and use his legs. Good, smooth athlete. Able to make defenses pay when he scrambles versus man coverage or zone reads. Quick release, even when on the move. Able to quickly get run pass option throws and screens to receivers to generate yards after the catch. All these things are true. The negatives that he needed to be more consistent and better ball security. 6-3-2-10, gunslinger. I'm talking about Zach Wilson. What the hell happened? I know he's not the next Joe Namath, but he's not nearly as bad as he's shown in New York. He's in a bad situation. I genuinely believe that. And very respected people reported that on Monday, the Jets wanted to return to Wilson as a team starting quarterback, but Wilson was, quote, reluctant to take on the role. I'm not going to call out the reporters, but I'm just going to merely say, I don't believe it. I'm having a hell of a hard time believing it. Whatever his stance was, he has accepted the responsibility to start. And he's responded, okay? He issued his first public response that he was reluctant to take back the team's starting quarterback. He denied there was any hesitation on his part about becoming the starting quarterback, saying he would, quote, do anything to help the team. Zach Wilson basically disgusted by saying, I love the guys in the locker room. I would do anything. I think any time you have an opportunity to step on the field, you need to take advantage of it. Would I do not, you know, would I be reluctant? Absolutely not. I think any time you have an opportunity, you need to take advantage of it. Now, I really don't know how this started, and I don't care. I am merely telling you my opinion. I don't buy it. And he's in a bad situation in New York. There's thoughts they will, they will trade him. But according to scouting reports and his physical ability, and again, he's 6'3", 210, so I don't want to hear the height. He's a legit potential franchise quarterback, but someone's got to develop him. You know, Bill Walsh ain't walking through that door nor does it have to be Bill Walsh. But give the kid a chance. I'm not ready to give up on him, man. I think he's in a bad situation. Coming up, what kind of brand new fool are you and what my name? You want to keep it locked right now. The Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yep, that's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live. The Tyrac.com studio is here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, we've come to that juncture in the show. 
You know what you love? You can't live without it. We call it the dance sensation sweep in the nation because what happens is we chronicle the fact that every day, 24-7, 365, across this great land of ours and certainly around the globe, people do things. They do things that are, well, they're crazy, stupid, sometimes very innocuous, but very odd. Sometimes it can be much more serious, causing, well, incarceration. But anyway, you slice it. These events, these activities, these behaviors that people engage in, they leave you scratching your head and asking yourself, what kind of brand new fool are you? So this one for me this week is the most unique and unusual one I've ever done. It doesn't involve drugs or someone going to jail or shooting up a Taco Bell because they didn't get their food or getting busy with a stuffed animal in the back seat when the police search the car, they find all kinds of drugs. We've had some weird ones, I'm telling you. This one actually involves a current head coach of the National Football League and it even goes back to a story in 2019 when while he was coaching at St. John Fisher College in Pittsburgh, New York, he decided he would give a little speech to motivate his team. He told the entire team, you need to come together. But then sources on hand say he used a strange model. He decided to invoke the terrorists on September 11, 2001. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were all able to get on the same page and orchestrate their attacks to perfection. One by one, the coach started asking players in the room, what tactics do you think they use to come together? Obviously, when this resurfaced the other day, from a report from a gentleman named Ty Dunn of Go Long, it was done as part of a broader look at what the supposed problems are in the Bills organization under Coach Sean McDermott. This feature-length article published by Dunn chronicled this speech back in 2019 when Sean McDermott used the September 11th hijackers as an example of what great teamwork can accomplish. Now, to be fair, on Thursday, Sean McDermott apologized for this ridiculous speech he gave to his team four years ago when, again, he cited the September 11th hijackers as a positive example of communication and cooperation. All right. Apparently, it's been addressed. He says his intent in the meeting that day was to discuss the importance of communication, being on the same page, but he regretted it, and he apologized. And then he went on to talk about, he said all the obligatory things, but reemphasized the importance of communication. The bottom line is I don't want to belabor this, and I'm going to let the guy off the hook for making a mistake. But for that moment in 2019, head coach Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills what kind of brand new fool were you? All right, Chef Kevin Wire, what do you got for us? Well, this one does involve a fast food altercation. There we, we go. We go to north of the border, Canada, Nova Scotia to be uh, precise, where uh, a man got into a physical altercation because his Happy Meal didn't come with Pokemon cards. He was given a toy donkey instead, and he had a meltdown. <laughs> about how he was going to press charges, was yelling about all this, how he wanted a refund, he wanted his $6 back. 
And then there was a guy who was just so sick and tired of this, and he just wanted to go up and order. He was wearing a uh, Bill's Josh Allen jersey. Uh, decides to, you know, to tell this guy to, you know, to shut it. And that's when the hands start flying, and uh, hands get thrown, and that's when the video ends. The police are called. Uh, no uh, further update on that, but an unidentified Canadian man who didn't get his Happy Meal or didn't get his Pokemon cards with his Happy Meal. What kind of brand-new fool are you? And he got a, to- he got a toy donkey out of it, though. Wasn't good enough, apparently. Well, uh, you would think that would be a good toy for him because it turns out this guy was the real jackass. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I gotta know one thing though. Does a grown man order a Happy Meal? Not, not that there's anything wrong with it. Do you, I mean, I don't order Happy Meals. Uh, maybe he did it for the Pokemon cards. Or- ah, you see, there you go. I, I okay. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. That's why I wear pantyhose. Very nice, Kevin. That's a good, brand new fool. All right, Patrick Sweeka, you're a veteran at this game. We look forward to what you have to say. All right, Bernie and Kevin, we are going to not quite into the uh, U.S. of A. We're going to Redditch Worcestershire. Ooh. Aha. Going into Worcestershire. You put that on your steak, don't you? I do. I do. All right. Continue on. <laughs> but unrelated. This is not a steak related uh uh, situation well, here. go ahead. Stake your claim. Ah, well done, well done. Well, anyways, so in uh, Redditch, there is one unnamed anonymous person who, like every single one of us here, uh, has gone through at least once in their life, done a uh, learner's permit test to go, you know, try to apply for driving and whatnot. So this unnamed person went and after the first time, you know, failed. You know, you know, failing like those learner permits that they're hard. They are they are hard. You can fail them. It's, you know, totally fine. What ended up being is she failed again. And again. And again. Up to the point where it got to, you know, well, about 60 hours and nearly what the equivalent of about $1400 later. And 59 tries, she finally passed. <laughs> she, 59 tries. Yes. This unnamed wow. learner permit driver failed their test 59 times before passing and spent not only 60 hours preparing and retaking over and over, also spent literally uh, $1,400 in the, or the, I'm sorry, the British equivalent, or the, uh, what is it, the Euro equivalent of that. And just they're saying, and she was quoted with, what was so wrong with it? Just, it was really hard. And just apparently just couldn't get the gist of it, you know, the first 40 times and turned into 59. So unnamed, unknown person who really, really is having a rough time with their uh, learner permit test. What kind of brand new fool are you? Yeah, you know, that's a rough one, but I got to give him credit. Persistence, man. 59 times. And. Who, who the hell kept count? I mean, he actually kept count. I would have stopped th- counting. <laughs> one one takeaway for me in tonight's What Kind of Brand New Fool, Kevin, you mentioned the gentleman who had gone in to order the Happy Meal and was pissed off that he didn't get Pokemon cards, and he actually uh, got a toy donkey, and then ne- next thing you know, they're throwing hands, and the cops come, and it was a big mess. He said he was wearing a Josh Allen jersey. Yes. You don't think it was Josh Allen, do you? Uh, it did not appear to be so. 
Yeah. And I think that would have really made news if uh, Josh Allen wasn't involved in a random Canadian McDonald's uh, altercation over a Happy Meal. Well, you know, <laughs> we've all been there. Yes. Or, or not. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would uh, hope that Josh Allen uh, was not there. But, you know, you never know. You just never know. But somewhere that guy was motivated to wear a Josh Allen jersey while committing a what kind of brand new fool are you? Uh, event. Okay, another What Kind of Brand New Fool is in the books, which allows us to segue into our second favorite bit, which we lovingly refer to as What My Name. All right, college basketball is underway, so let's start there. We all know that Kansas is one of the true blue bloods in college basketball. Well, I'm the only coach in the history of Kansas basketball with a losing record. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? I know this because this is one of the craziest pieces of trivia I've ever heard. James Naismith. James Naismith. And I wanted to go to you because where is James Naismith from? Canada. Aha! And I wonder if, he, there. wonder if he didn't get a donkey. Uh, he turned out <laughs> to be a donkey. Nah, of course, the inventor of basketball, by the way. Canada was basketball. Great start to the game there, Kevin. All right. Let's stay with Kansas basketball. I am the winningest coach in the history of Kansas basketball. Patrick Suica, what my name? Who is Mick Cronin? Mick Cronin, not Mick Cronin. Uh, <clears throat> all right. I am the winningest coach in the history of Kansas basketball. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Uh, I'm a loser. I don't know the name. You're not a loser. It's all good. We, we, you're part of the game. This, it, this is not an easy one, but the guy does have an arena named after him, so that might help. I am the winningest coach in the history of Kansas basketball. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? Well, I can only guess Allen just because I know the arena. I don't know. The you got it right. Well, we're, we're, the judges will allow it. It's actually Fog Allen. Fog Allen. All right, to all you SEC haters out there, who were just dying to see the FCC get screwed, not get an invitation to the CFB Made for TV Invitational Tournament. It's not. A, it's not a playoff. Don't confuse the two. However, the SEC has won five of the last six championships, fourteen of the last twenty. But the last time a team not from the SEC won the national championship in football, I was the head coach. Patrick Sweeka, what my name? Who is Dabo Swinney? Bam! Three for three, guys. Let's see if we can keep it going. If you were listening earlier in the show, you're going to get this. I'm currently a head NBA coach, and my team has lost 19 games in a row. Mark Ramsey, what my name? I'm only guessing the guy from Detroit. I'm going to give it to you. Monty Williams. The judges will allow it. You knew it was Detroit. We're four for four. All right. One of my all-time favorites. Oh, man. Got nothing but love for this guy. I'm throwing more pick six. We're, we're going to football now. I'm throwing more pick sixes than any NFL quarterback in history. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? Uh, can you say the question again? You bet. I've thrown more pick sixes than any NFL quarterback in history. I'm, I'm going to guess Brett Favre. Not Brett Favre. I've thrown more pick sixes than any quarterback in NFL history. 
Patrick Suica, what my name? Who is Daniel Dimes, Daniel Not Jones. Daniel Dimes, but I love the Jeopardy inflection. I've thrown more pick sixes than any NFL quarterback in history. Mark St- Mark Ramsey, what my name? Uh, is his name Trubisky? Not Mitch Trubisky. Not, these are not bad guesses. All right, someone's going to blurt it out. He's He plays for the Rams. Matthew Stafford. Matt Bam! Stafford. Five for five. You're just showing off now. All right, we're going to get this one for sure. With Tom Brady as my quarterback, my record was 219 and 64. With all other quarterbacks, I'm 81 and 98. Mark Ramsey, what my name? I really don't. Uh, I'll just throw out a name. Uh, okay. Ed Podolak. Oh, that was such a great name. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had an all-time game on Monday Night Football. That's outstanding. I'm going to save Ed Podolak. You remember Ed Podolak, don't you? Yes, I do. Oh, he had like the all-time game. Like, long time ago. It's all good. I love that name. Uh, all right. He, was, he played for the Chiefs, by the way. All right. I was head coach with Tom Brady as my quarterback. I was 219 and 64. All other quarterbacks, I'm 81 and 98. Patrick Sweeka, what my name? Uh, who is Bill Belichick? Billy B, Bill Belichick. The judges will allow it because you got it nailed. I was going to say, Bill, no longer cashing that Belichick. Ah, ha, ha, fair play. Yeah, good. Wow, we're, guys are really showing off now. All right, we're staying in the National Football League. This just happened recently. I became the first coach in the history of the National Football League to coach a team with a winning record to lose back-to-back games in December to two two-win teams. Patrick Suica, what my name? Who is Oh, uh, Mike McCarthy? Not Mike McCarthy. I became the first coach in NFL history as a coach of a winning team, to lose back-to-back games against two win teams in December. Uh, Kevin Wyatt, what my name? I'm guessing Brandon Staley. Not Brandon Staley. And he doesn't have a winning record. I am the first coach in the history of the National Football League with a winning record in December to lose back-to-back games against two teams that had two wins. Mark Ramsey, what my name? I would like to defer my question to Patrick Suica. Patrick Suica, what my name? Who is Mike Tomlin? Mike Tomlin is correct. Nice teamwork. Makes the dream work. <laughs> All right, let's switch to baseball because, well, Shohei Otani just did it, but I was actually the first one to do it. What did I do? I changed teams the year after I won the MVP. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Is it not the guy that, uh, I, don't, I don't know the name. With the giant head? Yeah, the giant head. We'll allow it, That's Barry Bonds! San Francisco. We're going to allow it! It was, it was not long after that signing his head like doubled in size. Absolutely. <laughs> but, he, but he never took the juice. I, I, of course not. I don't, and I believe him, you know. Allegedly. Hey, who, am I, who am I to question the great Barry Bonds? Allegedly. <laughs> yep. We can do one more, guys? Always. Always we do one more. Always. 
Well, Shohei Otani might have signed with the Dodgers, but as a disgraced former pitcher, looks like I'll be back in Japan next year. Patrick Sweet, what my name? <laughs> Who is Trevor Bauer? Yes! Hey. Trevor Bauer! Jeez, I think you guys swept the board tonight. James Naismith, Fog Allen, Dabble Swinney, Monty Williams, Matt Stafford, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Barry Bonds, and Trevor Bauer. Oh, I love it. The only thing better than this is Patrick Suica's play of the day coming up. Remember, tonight's show, folks, brought to you by Progressive. Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. And while you're at it, if you go to McDonald's and get a donkey, take it and go home. Don't be a jackass. Coming up, Patrick Suica's progressive play of the day. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports. All right, we are back on uh, the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. And it is time for Patrick Suica's progressive play of the day. 5.6 seconds remaining, that's all, and then the celebration will officially begin. The Los Angeles Lakers win the first NBA Cup. They are champions of the inaugural in-season tournament. A brilliant performance from Anthony Davis, more spectacular play from LeBron James, and a Laker defense that put on a clinic tonight. Courtesy of ABC Sports. I, I, I think that was Mike Breen's voice. Uh, should be should, should come as no surprise that the Lakers wanted to win this thing. And by the way, uh, the Patrick's Week is Play of the Day brought to you by Progressive. Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at progressive.com. If you look at the numbers, Lakers have played 23 games this year, okay? And in 16, 17 of the, check that, they played 24 games. And 17 of those games are 8 and 9. They average like 109 points a game. Their margin of victory is negative 6. That's their point differential. But in the seven playoff games, they're 7 and 0. Oh. Their margin of victory is 19 points, and everything about their metrics was far more aggressive, far more successful. The Lakers clearly wanted to win this NBA Cup. So LeBron could get out and give more speeches, more self-serving speeches, and drone on and on and on. That's, That's what he does. But to the victor go the spoils. And the truth of the matter is, Say what you will, but the NBA in-season tournament accomplished everything that Adam Silver wanted it to. The numbers don't lie. The group play viewership was up 20% over last November. Quarterfinals, 26%. The national TV ratings up 26% over last year. Over 3.9 billion views on apps and tablets and the like. The attendance for playoff games, 18,206. That's the highest average in the history of the NBA for 
November games. Adam Silver accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. He wanted there to be buzz in November when typically the NBA is butting up against college football, march toward the playoffs or the made-for-TV invitational tournament. The NFL is taking shape. All of the things that will compete with the NBA. But the players loved it. They said the competitive level was as high as it's been. Draymond Green talked about it being like a playoff atmosphere. Uh, Frank Vogel, the head coach of the Sun, says whatever we were expecting in terms of excitement, in terms of enthusiasm, in terms of competitiveness, take that and multiply it times 100. Adam Silver accomplished what he wanted. Coming up, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. But first, let's go back to our guy, the chef, Kevin Wyatt, with the latest. Yeah, Bernie, the talk of the sports world on Saturday. Shohei Otani, everyone was wondering where he was going to end up, and he's not going to be much farther than where he was before. He's just going to be taking uh, about 25 or so miles up the Interstate 5 to the L.A. Dodgers, who signed him to a 10-year, $700 million contract. That's the largest in North American sports history. But a lot of that money is deferred to the future, so that will give the Dodgers flexibility, financial flexibility, to potentially actually add pieces to the team uh, to keep them competitive. And the Dodgers open their season next year in South Korea, so Tani's going to get a chance to really showcase his skills on the international stage. NBA, the first ever in-season tournament, the finals in Las Vegas, saw the Lakers beat the Pacers 123-109 behind... A strong game from Anthony Davis, 41 points, 20 rebounds. LeBron James named the overall tournament MVP. The Heisman Trophy winner for 2023, LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. He threw 40 touchdown passes compared to just four interceptions. Also ran for over 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. We did have one FBS game today. Army beats Navy 17-11 to as the Black Knights getting themselves a late stop near the gold line to preserve the win. Oregon getting transfer quarterback Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. He's got one year of eligibility left. And in the NFL, we do have some injury updates. Uh, uh, Ian Rappaport last hour or so saying that Geno Smith going to be a game-time decision, a true game-time decision with a groin injury. Drew Locke preparing to start. He took most of the reps uh, in practice this week, but uh, if Geno can get out there, uh, he will play. Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, they are listed as questionable. They were full participants on Friday, so uh, they're both expected to play on Sunday. Saints quarterback Derek Carr will play. Uh, Taysom Hill uh, is not going to be on the field today. That's according to uh, Rappaport. Chris Olave, he's been dealing with an illness. However, he he will play. Raiders defensive end Max Crosby says uh, he will play if he's got a heartbeat. So uh, uh, expect him uh, to be on the field today. And uh, as we heard uh, Bernie talk about, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence dealing with a high ankle sprain, feeling better than expected. He's still a game-time decision. will be evaluated by the medical staff this morning. But uh, he's really pushed to play, and uh, there is belief that Lawrence uh, will able to be able to uh, suit up on Monday. Back to you, Bernie. All right. Knowing Max Crosby, he would probably play if he didn't have a heartbeat. The guy's a hell of a player, man. Goes all out on every play. All right. We started this before the Men's World Cup last year. Continue with the Women's World Cup. We're six months away from the Paris Olympics, but whether it's MLS or stories around the world, 
It's a sport that never sleeps. It's what we bring you at this time every week. Chris Perfetz, World of Soccer. The greatest goals. The thrilling finishes. The international drama. Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. Ahí, ahí la tiene Torrado. It's all here in this report from the world of soccer. There is a lot in the world of soccer, Bernie, but we have to make for tonight the MLS, the center of the world. Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, the MLS Cup Final is here as the Columbus Crew host Los Angeles Football Club for a chance to hoist the biggest trophy in North America in the world of soccer. It is a fascinating year for Major League Soccer. It was a transformative year that started with seeing Lionel Messi come stateside ending his reign in Europe and deciding to come for an astronomical amount of money to play for Inter-Miami. Following the path of the team's co-owner and president, English footballer David Beckham, it was a path that saw unprecedented attention given to the North American League, but usually in the sense of we were all here watching Lionel Messi. And even still now today, I am sure that MLS realizes that the Messi shadow cast is upon the MLS Cup final with no Inter-Miami in it and no chance until next year that they can bring such attention to there. But athletics don't always follow nice, even given scripts. If they were, they would be novels. Instead, any team placed upon a field has a chance to win. But if you're talking about storylines, man, these two teams, man, it's crew who I had as my dark horse favorite to come out of the Eastern Conference in Major League Soccer. And it's LAFC, a powerhouse that nobody should have doubted for a second in the West. The reigning champion trying to become the fourth ever MLS team to defend their title and have become back to back MLS Cup champions. These teams have so much story and so much richness to them. LAFC, ever since its inception, took over the scene in Los Angeles, taking the crown of LA Galaxy to become Los Angeles's team with passionate fans, golden black style, swagger, and winning ways to them. And it, they precipitated a fantastic MLS Cup last year with a thrilling extra time victory over the Philadelphia Union, helped by the leg of the Welsh legendary Welsh player Gareth Bale, who retired this year. But nevertheless, LAFC continues on. It continues on with names that Angelino soccer fans know. Carlos Vea, Denise Bowanga, Ryan Hollingshead. These are the names of men who have been here with this team and been able to bring them back to the mountaintop to do what few teams have done before. They are now one of the new creme de la creme of MLS, one of its key franchises. And that's to say nothing of the Columbus Crew, one of the founding franchises of Major League Soccer's, one of the clubs that have been here since the beginning that everyone knows so well. 
and has gone through so much in the past 10 years, which started about 10 years ago when Anthony Precourt became the owner of the Columbus Crew, and then four years later into his reign, tried to move the club to Austin to deprive MLS of one of its founding members to give them a completely new name if they wouldn't give him a stadium downtown in Columbus. MLS tried to step in and tried to save the Columbus crew. At the same time, a a bill that was in Ohio, which was passed way back in 96 after the Cleveland Browns were moved to Baltimore brought a lawsuit that saw Ohio itself, their attorney general, trying to stop the Columbus crew from being moved. Ultimately, Anthony Precourt got his wish. He is now the owner of Austin FC, but it is as an expansion franchise. Instead, Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, they've appeared now twice in the same minute, became the new owner. And in 2020, the Columbus crew won an MLS Cup, their second in the franchise history since with the first one coming in 2008. But then in 2021, Jimmy Haslam and ownership for the Columbus Crew wanted to change the name and rename them to Columbus SC, depriving them of what I believe is an iconic name that stakes them as a true North American club. And it tried to make them instead into this patois of Europhilic bull that every other new club in MLS tries to pattern itself. Thankfully, it was defeated. And instead, here we are, the Columbus crew back here to the mountain, one game away from claiming their third MLS Cup. And to get here, they had to go through the gauntlet that was the Eastern Conference in MLS this year. They had to get past Supporter Shield winner FC Cincinnati, who won the most games and the most points in MLS this year and had the league's MVP. They did all of that. They have been victorious through and through. And here they are standing at the mountaintop, one game away from another MLS Cup. But standing in their way is the defending champion, one who has history that they are going for. It is going to be a fantastic game, Bernie. And it's going to be made all the more fantastic in that Columbus, being the higher points leader here, gets to host the game. We are going to have a soccer final in Columbus in early December. And I like the Columbus crew to win the MLS Cup here. This is a statistical point. MLS Cup home hosts usually win the MLS Cup. The only time a visiting team has come out victorious in a final was in 2021 when the New York City FC defeated the Portland Timbers on penalties. And these might not be the top names in the world in this MLS Cup, but look to Cucho Hernandez, look to Diego Rossi, look to the LAFC players I told you about, Denis Buonga and Carlos Vea. These are names and stars of the North American game, and it is a fantastic couple of lineups we have going at it each other. This should be well-pitched. I like Columbus crew by a goal here, Bernie. Curious to see who you think is going to take home the MLS Cup it was a gear up and we'll see you next time on the world of soccer well chris i don't know who's going to take home the mls cup but i love that name cucho hernandez cucho hernandez coming up we wrap up the show and we have a winner i'll explain i'm bernie Frado. we're coming to you live from the las vegas fox sports radio Tyrac.com studios keep it locked you listen to the bernie Frado show fox sports radio all right we're wrapping it up 
the Bernie Frato Show, coming to you live from Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. They've been with me since 11 p.m. Pacific on Saturday night. Of course, Mark Ramsey, our technical producer, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. Great job, as always. Our executive producer, Patrick Sweekin, of course, with his play of the day. Contributions on What My Name and Brand New Fool, outstanding. And Kevin Wyatt, the chef. Don't miss his performances on the Bernie Frato Show, 1.30 Pacific, every Sunday morning. Great job, great teamwork, guys. One of you tonight said, teamwork makes the dream work. Nicely done. All right, we have a winner, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Please stay seated for the entire performance. We have a winner, and it rhymes with Shohei Otani. And yes, he's a Dodger. You know, when the Guggenheim group bought the Dodgers back in 2012, I always characterized it as a vanity buy. But I say that in the most complimentary way. They're business people. They're very dignified business people. And in winning the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, they not only got the most transcendent athlete in 100 years, they got a unicorn, not only on the field, but off the field. This is a human being, a player, who has basically cast a spell over an entire nation, Japan. They follow his every move, and every Dodgers game will be televised. You know, by the way, they open up in Seoul, South Korea, in a regular season game in April of 2024. Now, this is an incredible investment by the Dodgers. They're not only getting a legend who will help the Dodgers on the field, hopefully win a World Series. We'll see. There's no guarantee. But he's going to help the Dodgers off the field. Another vanity buy? Yes, I think it is. But again, I say that in the most respectful way. Now, Otani's $700 million deal blows everybody out of the water. Prior to that, the richest baseball and uh, you know deal on record belonged to his ex-teammate, Mike Trout. Back in 2019, Trout got a 12-year deal, $426 million. It sounded incredible. It was an extension. The Dodgers, the following year, signed Mookie Betts, 12 years, $365 million. You know, along the way, Aaron Judge has gotten a $360 million contract. Manny Machado, 350. Francisco Lindor, 341. Fernando Tatis Jr., 340. Bryce Harper, 330. You get it. Right on down the line. But it's hard to imagine that anything will ever top what Otani got. I really believe it's one of one. And I don't believe it's going to be one of those deals where the rising tide lifts all boats. You know, uh, Juan Soto already turned down 440. I don't think he's getting anywhere near that this time. He'll get he'll get he'll get a bag, but it won't be that. But here's the deal. This is what makes this Guggenheim move so epically classic. Shohei Otani by far is the most marketable player in the game. You don't believe me? He netted forty million dollars in endorsements in twenty twenty three according to Sportico. Now, the next highest, to give that some perspective, was Mike Trout, who earned five million. Shohei Otani, forty million in endorsements. Mike Trout, $5 million. Now, it's impossible to know and how to quantify exactly how much he's going to be worth to the Dodgers, 
but you know it's going to be significant. Major League Baseball evaluators who do this thing for a living basically feel Otani is going to, that contract's going to pay for itself within six or seven years. Why? Otani's a money factory. Just on advertising alone, he's got every eyeball from Japan. He's like Michael Jordan. He's like Taylor Swift. And though that is not hyperbole. Shohei Otani's presence instantly makes the Dodgers even more internationally relevant. And they already were to a degree. Every game will be broadcast live in Japan. And make no mistake, Japanese advertising dollars are lucrative. Did you happen to go to an Angel game this past year at Angel Stadium? I did. Did you happen to look around and see that a significant portion of Angel Stadium signage in recent years was paid for by Japanese advertising? His jersey, Shohei Otani's jersey, was the most popular in the game. Now he's got a new jersey. Do you think they'll sell a few of those? Fans traveled from halfway around the world to see him. You don't believe me? I went to an Angel game this year, saw it for myself. Simply put, there's always risk. There's always risk. But the risk of this contract, irrespective of how expensive it is, it's going to be minimized because there will be a guaranteed revenue stream that exists just by having Shohei Otani on the team. Period. Now, we don't know if he's going to play on the field like a $700 million player. He'll play well. We don't know how it's going to translate to wins. He'll be a DH this year. J.D. Martinez was a pretty good DH last year. He hit 33 home runs, drove at 100. Otani hit 44 home runs. But if you're asking if he's worth it, I haven't talked to a single contact in Major League Baseball that said he was not worth it. Matter of fact, one source said he wouldn't hesitate until it reached $800 million. That makes it clear that anybody around the game views Otani, his talent, his ability, his presence to be every bit worth the risk irrespective of his recent elbow surgery. They don't consider that to be an impediment. There are other players that have gotten multiple elbow surgeries and they've come back fine. And when Otani does come back, and I realize he just got a second Tommy John surgery, but so did Nathan Iavalli, so did Jamison Talon. By the way, Walker Bueller, he's on track to return from his second Tommy John surgery this April. The bottom line is this. Unlike any other player in the game, including guys like Bryce Harper, Otani will be a two-way player again. So we're talking on the field, off the field, when he pitches, when he hits. And he can even play outfield if he needs to. He did it in Japan. The Guggenheim family did it again. Vanity by, yes. Clever by, top credit. That'll do it for the Bernie Fratto Show. See you next Friday at 11. Keep it locked. Up next, the great Andy Furman, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.